This is Henry from God Throne, and you're listening to the Phantasm Podcast. Phantasm. This is Philip H. Anselmo. My name is Kim Corey. Hey, this is Norgasson. Shane Embry, bass player of Napalm Death. Rocco Brujeria. What's up, everybody? This is Ross Dolan from Immolation. What's up, everybody? It's Jim Bush from Armored Scene. Hello, Deathsters. This is Martin Van Gruner from Asterix, and uh, you're listening to Phantasm Podcast. What the fuck is up and welcome to the Phantasm Podcast. I am Corey Gorechrist with me, Dr. Vincent West. Hey, what's going on? And, uh, wow. Got a badass interview. Badass film, as always, for you guys. But, uh, this one's a little special. Uh, had, had a really good time with, uh, Henry of God Dethroned. He is coming up later on the show. Of course, if you guys are following along on the screen there, uh, this is, well, Doctor, what's, just, what's on here? We're uh, doing uh, Amityville Horror 3 in 3D. And of course, Which unfortunately, we we're not watching in 3D, but uh, there you got a nice view of the house there. And this is, uh, this is a Scream Factory. Box. Yeah, the only way you could get this, and it's actually out of print now, is the the... Um, the box that had the, the three films in. they never released them separately right. but all these are like collector's editions too and it came in this really nice cardboard box and 1983 which we just did the uh, the wino episode where the doctor took the wheel uh, for the most part on that one um, due to health reasons on my behalf and you I apologize you but, but you got introduced to the Dr. West House of Horrors which is uh, whenever he has to Meg Ryan's in this? I forgot about that shit. Lori Laughlin, as you said, from Full House, which is fucking great. Um, Yeah, the Wino episode, we did another 1983. (coughs) We did Christine, which also came out the same year. So this was a pretty significant time for horror. And also Return of the Jedi came out this year. Uh, 83. (coughs) I'm not going to do music again this time. There's no point. No, we don't. I mean, we'll just kind of we talk it. about the film. The film's cool in and of itself. Uh, I guess I'm going to have to start maliciously looking for different years and stuff <laughs> when we do this. That way I can get well, This is actually content. our first... Uh, well, now, we've done the Jasons. Of course, those I haven't really put up. Well, on Friday the 13th, we did back-to-back Jason movies, and I just completely forgot about them. But that's, you know, backlog for you guys later. We'll eventually get those. They'll see the light of day. They were a lot of fun. Um a lot of roasting on Kane Hodder, which is also always a fun time. Um, but yeah, the, this is the second Abbeville film we've done. We did uh, The Possession, which is part two. Um, yeah, with Steve yeah. from Morbid Angels. So. Yeah, it's awesome. And uh, father, that, was, that was a great time. And of course, the director here is Richard Fleischer. He's done other shit. I don't know he what did, he's done without looking oh, at Oh, man. He did... Uh, Let's see, Soylent Green, he did the Conan films, um, Tora, 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 uh, Red Sonja, which is another... Red Sonja's a great movie. Yeah, it's another uh, Arnold film, of course. Um, he did the original Dr. Doolittle in 67, which is crazy. Um, is it just me or is this already fucking cool? Like, I have not watched this yet. I've had this box for... I mean, the Amityville movies 
say what you will, but I mean, they're just great. Films. They're be- you know, I'm going to go out of these. They're, you they're know, better than the Poltergeist films. Yeah, with, with the craze. You're not saying. Oh yeah, and these were early. I mean, this was. Well, when did, did the first Poltergeist come out? In what eighty? Eighty. Yeah, but I mean, in the midst, you know, technically, you know. Amityville series started first. Came out in the seventies. So some more New York um, love for you. This these 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 three films. These are all great. I mean, part two is great. We've not done part one yet. I guess we'll save that for. Yeah, we'll we'll do a good one for that. Me. But yeah, uh, Richard Fleischer, Soylent Green uh, did this film. Did Conan the Destroyer. Um, Holy Sandra. shit! Look at this. Now I want I want to show you something real quick. Hold this a second. Look at the running time on that. Okay. You guys at home get a kick out of this. Now look what yeah, it says the running time is on this. This is really interesting because it looks like we were watching the goddamn UK cut. Because look, yeah, uh, the the runtime it says here in the UK was ninety three minutes. The USA runtime was one hundred and five minutes, and on the Scream Factory here we got ninety three minutes. So it looks like we got the UK version. Um, Interesting. I never. That's, I'm sure I the, anybody knows that besides us. It's like other than, the U, the UK version probably is the uncut version, or at least did the that more. Say right on the one uh, the 105 minutes could be. I don't know. They maybe drew out another scene to. No, it says it's PG. I don't. I don't know. It's crazy. And for PG films too. I mean, you know, we got the Paranormal Activity movies and all that bullshit now. Um, I thought that new one was cool. You know, this is... No, no, it's not what I watched. I'm sorry, it was rings. This is what we were getting back in the day, you know, was this stuff, so... (coughs) Uh, Pretty cool that this was the standard back then in the 80s, you know, was... uh, You had the Amityvilles and the Poltergeist as your paranormal movies, so... Here's a tidbit for you. The interior was a set in a Mexico studio. Weird. This I film, think it was like that for the second one. It was in Mexico. I don't know. It yeah. is, uh, but of course, there you got. But the outside, the exterior stuff was shot in Tom's River, New Jersey. Right. Um, near your stomping grounds. Yeah. Of course, you got uh, Tony Roberts there, which is in Serpico. As well as Friday the Thirteenth Part Three in 3D and Jaws Three in 3D, which were also released in '83. Amityville 3D was the Aurovision 3D process coordinated for the film by cinematographer Tiber Sands. Um, so yeah, I saw all those that year. Friday the Thirteenth Part Three and Three D, Jaws Three and Three D. I love Jaws Three. I'll defend it till I'm dead. I do too. I just fun. like it's, it. The people. Of the it's better than the fourth it. film, and honestly, it it moves quicker and there's more violence in it than the second film. Everybody likes the second film because Roy Scheider's still in it, but it's just I don't know. That film's really fucking slow. Yeah. Like I really like Jaws. It has 3. way more of a buildup than the first one. Even like, yes. the first one picks up real quick, and you know they bring the expert in. That's just a timeless movie. I mean, the second one... A lot of people kinda... don't like this one, but I don't really care. I think this is really good. No, it's very good. Um, it's everything you can expect from a, you know, a Amityville movie and, you know, it, it doesn't not deliver. It's great for what it is. And uh, as I was trying to mention, if you look at the films that came out in the 80s that were the paranormal craze of its time, you know, of course there's a lot of slashers coming out and all that stuff was getting really big, but you know you had the Poltergeist series, you know the franchise and the uh, Amityville franchise going head to head with each other. And now, actually, the horror movies have kind of died down at this point. There's not really anything going on at all. There's not any. Uh, you know the stuff that's out there, and I'm, I bring this up again just because there's not been a goddamn thing out. Yeah, I'll recommend this movie again to people. Is that movie Incarnate? It's yeah. fucking pretty good. 
But I mean, for what it is, but it's not. It's not a slasher. It's yeah. paranormal. Everything's paranormal now. They've kind of moved everything up. You know, these were PG. Which I know the first two obviously were rated R. This was the first PG one out of the franchise, right. but it was also 3D. They were trying to make money, right. and they made the money. Oh yeah, they um, did. You know, it was huge. They were really smart to uh, go the way they did. But um, you know the the time now versus then. I don't know. Then just had a different feel to it. It was a lot more. Uh, effects driven and gritty and uh, dark and uh, you know now it's just kind of it's very campy now it's very campy I mean this is dark and this is a PG film yeah this just looks cool I mean this this whole thing right here it's kind of reminds me of Slimer with pubic hair I don't know what that is <laughs> but um it's a flying toupee orb <laughs> I mean really they're just uh you know Doing a hoax right now with the seance here. They just got the mocap dude just got uh, flashed to the point where he fell over and found out these people are hacks and frauds or whatever. I thought it was cool that I saw that new Annabelle trailer and it comes out on my birthday. Awesome. And Annabelle, look, that's... Uh, so if you want to go see that... Yeah. Oh, I know that's kind of dumb, but... Have you no, seen the awesome. first... Have you seen... I still haven't seen the first one. I'll just let you borrow it. But, uh... You know, the Annabelle series and The Conjuring, those are still really good. They're kind of... Uh, of course, if you guys by now haven't seen Conjuring 2, they pay homage to uh, Amityville. At least the killings it's themselves, not necessarily the movie. But I think it takes a lot from the movie itself. Also, uh, with the cinematography and all that. So, um, I don't know. The, the time then to now with paranormal stuff and, and horror in general, there's kind of a... Uh, you know, I don't know. It's um, it's just different, and and the vibe of it's different. They they brought back like the campiness and the comedy to a lot of it. And there's honestly there's too much horror. There's too much comedy in horror nowadays. I think. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest with you. Taken seriously, like, look, I'm not gonna. I'm not that passionate about it. Where you can't have funny moments and. It's not balanced as far as vibe, but at the same token, it's like with horror movies back then. With this, it was situational humor, and it was you know, like right now in this film, how it started out. There's, you know, they turn the lights on. This guy's a fraud, and they're <laughs> this dude's walking around with a fucking bunch of plastic bags tied to a string and a stick, and he's walking around in a fucking what well, looks like a wetsuit. It's like a mocap, you know, suit. And he gets caught, you know, by getting flashed by a camera to fucking death. So that's funny. It's situational humor. But now the humor is just so. And that's Tony uh, Robbins. Tony Robbins was a was a big actor back in the day. Um, I'd have to look him up to tell you what all he's done. So, so he was in Serpico. I know that um, as Bob Blair. Um, and he was in Law and Order quite a bit from 90... I mean, he was in Law and Order a lot. Uh, as a bunch of different people. Now, if you'll look here, and I want to talk about anybody that buys this Blu-ray set, if you'll notice the film gradeness, you can tell this was shot to be shown in 3D. Yeah. Uh, but I don't have a problem with that. I mean, I'm never going to get this on... No. Yeah, it looks good. But you can tell... There's moments where the colorization you can tell was done to set up the 3D. 
Right, you know, just like now they shoot scenes specifically just to get the 3D effect out of it, you know, certain stuff. Well, those people also have to realize this, you know, and if you have a 3D Blu-ray player like I do, you can actually watch this in 3D. Yeah. But can you do the the other version, like uh, the blue and the red? Can you do that on there? No, they didn't do that. I'm not really sure why, but but yeah. I know with uh, the... With the part three of Friday the Thirteenth, uh, at least for the DVD, it comes with the little glasses, and you can watch it in that version. You know? One of your favorite movies is the only reason I still own a 3D television. I'm going to tell everybody about this. If you've never, if you have any, if you have a friend that has a 3D television, which are impossible to find now, and a 3D Blu-ray player, um, definitely watch the original Predator. It's fucking, oh, hell yeah. it's fucking ridiculous. It's it's fucking it's fucking awesome. Speaking of uh, the only the reason Fox, I own that fucking thing. Fox sci-fi horror, um, and this is something very interesting. They're coming, uh, you know, because Alien Covenant's coming out soon. Right, They're hitting another anniversary of Alien, the first film. Um, of course, we lost John Hurt. Uh, you know, Bill Paxton. So there's a lot of stuff surfacing with this Alien thing coming out. Um, I think I'm the only person... I have no interest in seeing that movie. I know you do. Well, they're putting out the first Alien in theaters soon. Again. Well, we gotta go do that. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's at select Here, theaters. Look, let me look at it. I'll look it up right now. I don't know if uh, they had the dates. They weren't announced yet. I got it. I'll pull it up on Fantasia. But there's special right packages you can buy... Uh, I don't know what the packages include. They include like, a bunch of shit. Uh, I want to. If we poster. if we get it, that one theater like, where we saw the Shining would be. That's what really I'm saying. Cheap. It's either there or. <coughs> Let me look it up. Have you looked it up? It's a regal. Uh, it's a regal promotion. So uh, odds are you'll probably get it in your city because um, regal expands pretty far out. Um, I don't know what I'm going to look. I'm up. looking it up right now. <laughs> Whenever I put alien. When in doubt, look it up on Fandango. Because look. When I put alien regal, it wanted to change it to alien illegal. <laughs> See, look. You just look it up on here if, it, if it'll actually it's work. It's the Covenant thing. It's alien day. It's all, it's like one day they're doing this. That's what it is. Hopefully it didn't already happen. I'm pretty sure it's in May. No, it's April 26th is alien day. God damn you, you fucking piece of shit. You go to alienuniverse.com. I'm going there now, and they should by now have dates and uh, a list of. Uh, Is it just the first film? Yeah, that's amazing. I'm trying to pull up here. Well, goddamn Fandango just shit the bed. So, all right, I'll try and find it. Yeah, it's a one night uh, worldwide screening event. This is what comes with it here. There's a global live stream event. Um. There's a Q&A with cast members of Alien Covenant, and so it's basically setting up Covenant and all that stuff, but I'm trying Let me to ask find you something here. real quick. See, it says coming soon on their website still. There's still no dates or... Not dates, but... Uh, there's still not uh, a list of theaters. So let me see here what this says. On Screen Rant. Come on, Screen Rant. Give me something good here. You know, a lot of this stuff is poorly promoted, and I think a lot of people don't know about it. Like, if I hadn't known about The Shining, I don't think you would have known. It says, Screening of Ridley Scott's original 1979 Alien, starring Sigourney Weaver and his 2012 follower Prometheus, 
will be held across the globe on Alien Day. So you can also see Prometheus with it in theaters, which is amazing. At participating RPX, Regal Cinema, U.S. Theaters, and Worldwide Partners, fans can watch these sci-fi thrillers and be treated with exclusive content from Alien Covenant. And... One-of-a-kind commemorative item. In addition to the Alien Day events, in which you're encouraged to come up with your own ways to celebrate what you love about the films, there will be more to stay tuned for in the weeks ahead and through the theatrical premiere of Covenant, Fox promised product announcements, limited edition releases, and exciting unveils. Among the key licensees joining the Alien Day celebration, Dark Horse Comics, Audible, Titan, NECA, Hallmark, PPW Toys, Cool Props, and Funko. You'll find multiple retailers rolling out merchandise, including Box Lunch, FYE, Books a Million, and Spencer's. Uh, if you're a hardcore fan of the Alien franchise and its incarnations of physical home video, you'll need to make room next to your VHS, Laserdisc, DVDs, and Blu-rays, both Alien Quadrilogy and Anthology editions of the later for yet another set. The complete Alien Universe Blu-ray will feature four limited edition Mondo Alien movie poster cards available exclusively at Walmart and Walmart.com on April 18th. So be on the lookout for that. You get some Mondo Alien love, which is awesome. Um, if, if any of you picked up those two Alien uh, collector sets of Alien 1 and, and 2, the 30th anniversary editions. Actually, I think they're 35th anniversary editions. Uh, they're only 10 bucks. You can still buy them at Walmart. I've actually never paid for one of them because both times they never rang them up, so I just got them for free. I don't know why. Um, so I'm not sure. And I still am not getting... Any fucking dates here? I'm lo- I'm working on it right now. I mean, not dates. I keep saying dates. I guess a goddamn tour. It's a uh, one night on April 26th, and they're showing it worldwide at a bunch of Regals. But I can't find out. Um, this is all that which, happens. Which theaters and cities are gonna? Maybe show you should it. try Fandango because Fandango should have it on there. <laughs> See, it just says I'm participating. You know. Here, let me see. Because all they're pulling up is Alien Covenant on Fandango. Let me see. I'm just telling you, it won't let me... See if I can find something here. Mine shit the fucking bed. <laughs> God damn it. Anyway, uh... Let me see. Uh, today Aliens the- 30th anniversary screening and art show? No. Maybe it's this. Let me see. Found it? No. Anyway, uh, my Blu-ray release of the month is the Phantasm box set. Oh, yeah. What a shocker! Came out today. It's eighty dollars. You can get it at Best Buy physically if you want it, or you can buy it at, if you can find it, or you can get it at uh, Amazon and other online retailers. And uh, if you bought it from, if you actually bought it from the the studio, uh, of course, some of you got it early. Of course, you also paid uh, forty more dollars for it because it was one hundred twenty dollars from them. They can suck it. I got it from Amazon. It was eighty. Yeah, that's how much it is at Best Buy. Anyway, so that's my Blu-ray pick of the month. I don't have an album of the month yet. But uh, when I find it, you will be the first to see it on our Facebook page that I can't get people to like. Uh, anyway. <laughs> it, it's not that hard, people. If you're listening, 
and you've already liked it. Thank you so much. I try to We've thank you guys. We've had a lot recently, so thank you. But all if you, but if you, but if you would just, just, it's real simple. You just, just lean over and you, you like it. You get a friend. Maybe you're, if it's a girl, your boyfriend, if it's a boyfriend, your girlfriend, if you're gay, vice versa. Just hit like, and I'd really appreciate it because it's really frustrating. My uh, guess for this is that, sorry for the alien thing. That they might be playing at all the RPX theaters because there's really not a lot of them. There's one here in Florida we can go to. Remember? But what I can it's do. It's in uh, Chicken Creek. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I'm serious. What I can do, I'm going to just go straight to the date and see what's playing. Just do that. And all it says is Born in China. There's nothing else there. So I don't know. But um, I'm guessing we. <coughs> what day is that on? Thursday? Maybe? It's probably... Well, it's nowhere near the release of Covenant, because Covenant doesn't come out to the end of May. <laughs> Which I still think is risky, in my opinion, if you're just a movie buff like I am, to open that Alien movie as close as they are to Guardians. I wouldn't. But that's just... That's yeah, just they're kind of just... Uh... Well, I mean, I mean, I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying it's ballsy. Because if I had a film, if, if Corey and I had a horror film... That we were putting out, I would not. There's no way in hell I would put it out against a Disney film. <laughs> I don't care if it's sold to fucking genre. I'm not fucking doing it. Um, All it says is participating locations will be listed on AlienUniverse.com, but that hasn't updated yet. So, oh, uh, do you want to hear something really funny? I just want to share this with Corey real quick. Uh, Corey Feldman and his band are performing at Masquerade. <laughs> That's pretty funny. It is funny, but you know, which is god awful, but. It'd still be funny to fucking hang out with Tommy Jarvis. But anyway, it's probably not going to happen. Because <clears throat> he probably has some kind of meet and greet for 150 bucks because he's broke. I don't know. I feel like he would actually just kind of do stuff because he's... He didn't in person when I met him, but maybe he was having a bad day. I don't know. Really? Have I never told you this? Okay, I'm going to tell you guys this. So, there was this girl I was friends with named Courtney, and we were really good friends. And we went to this... Horror sci-fi convention thing together, um, and <coughs> we both wanted to meet Corey Feldman. We're like, well, yeah, we got to do that. Well, first of all, he's midget, <laughs> which is weird. I think he's like five seven or something. He's he's not very tall, and because I'm six foot, and it was just weird. And then when we got over there. He was. He had left his table, and we ran into him at someone else's table. And he literally grabbed a Goonies original like '80s lunchbox and was like, "I was in this film. I was in it." And I was like, "Yeah, I don't want to meet you anymore." <laughs> he was just a, a fucking cum blower. I don't know. He just <laughs> he was. He was just kind of uh. a he was kind of a rectum, and I just didn't really, I just didn't really like talking to him. But anyway, um, so yeah. But yeah, Corey Feldman, whatever. <coughs> and then I'm also happy to announce, and I'm I could say it on here because it's legit. Um, I want to welcome uh, two of my boys from Crisian. Uh Alex is coming back on. He's bringing Max with him. It's time the drummer. Uh, that'll be up. God, I don't know when it'll be up, but we're getting ready to record it. So there you go. So Alex, motherfucker, love you. Max, thanks for doing it, brother. See the uh, Crisian love, and why why anybody last year would go to Summer Slaughter and not like Crisian? 
just tells me you don't know fu- a fucking thing about death metal. So the yes. truth hurts, you know. You know, uh, <coughs> the truth hurts. This like should be my first time talking with him. Uh, the doctor caught up with him at the last year's Summer Slaughter tour, and you can. We did get to see them together, though. Yes, I saw them. I met Alex, but when we did the Nile interview. Didn't do the Dallas interview. Excuse right. me, former Nile member of Dallas. <laughs> and we didn't do the, uh, you know, the interview at that show. He went and did it. At they sounded show. great, though. Yeah, they were fucking kick ass. My still my favorite part. Um, of course, this scene. If we go back to the film here, uh, they show the blurry guy photos. It's kind of creepy, actually. Um, you can see where a lot of films like The Ring and stuff draw influence from this. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, really excited to have Alex and Max on the show. Uh, huge Crisian fan, one of my favorite bands of all time. One of the best death metal bands of all time. One of the fastest bands. And consistent too. Badass fucking Brazilians, man, and they they're they're going back to Brazil to do some shows. Uh, I think, and then off to China. Uh, get get a new record out, also, um, which is going to be I, awesome. I think they're still, but he was. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll let him tell everybody about that stuff he was telling me. But anyway, but yeah. Fun. Speaking so of Brazil, uh, Cannibal Ferox has been officially banned from Amazon. It's amazing. That's kind of a catch twenty two. It's banned from Amazon. It's Amazon movie, like you know, actually in the Amazon where it's set, but Amazon banned. Cannibal Ferox. So if you want to get that movie, uh, you'll probably have to get it from Diabolic DVD. It's banned. It's banned. They banned that film. Amazon Amazon did. Amazon banned it. It said Grindhouse releasing just put on their Facebook. 14 minutes ago, Cannibal Ferox has been officially banned by Amazon. Order yours today from Diabolic before Trump bans it entirely. (laughs) I'll put it on the page if you want me to. I'll share actually. Actually, you 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 do it. Um, but props to them. Uh, that's a movie I would love to do. We haven't done delved into the uh, the Italian cannibal exploitation films yet. Um, both of us own those films on Blu-ray, the Grindhouse one. So um, maybe you guys can tell us which one. Would you rather have us do uh, Cannibal Holocaust, <coughs> or would you rather have us do Cannibal Ferox? Especially now that it's banned, maybe you want us to go. Is ahead it? And is it? Fero- I thought it was Cannibal Ferro. Ferox. It is. Yeah. It's pronounced Ferox. It's not pronounced Ferro. I thought it was Ferro. I thought I was cool and a bilinguist, but I'm not. That's <laughs> Ferro. I don't know. It's tomato, uh, tomato, Tobias, Tobias. What? I don't fucking know. That's <laughs> uh, it's Ferox. No, I, you know I own that. Me too. I bought it. Well, I bought it. I bought off Amazon using Prime, and the first mm-hmm. Grindhouse thing I bought was Ferox. Um, but yeah, or maybe you want us to do Island of Death, or. You know, you know here's the thing. I I own that, and I own Cannibal Holocaust, but I own them literally more just because they're offensive, not really so much that I want to watch it. Oh, that's why anybody owns them. You know, yeah, I mean, it's... I'm a, well, I mean, I'm look, a as, as a horror fan, like, when I when I want to watch a horror movie... Right. You know, I'm grabbing... I'm grabbing... Uh, I'm grabbing a Friday the 13th. I'm grabbing a Phantasm. Sure, I'm, I'm grabbing a Amityville. I'm grabbing... Oh, yeah. Fuck, uh, uh, but those are more, if I'm you want to... <clears throat> Cannibal Ferox or Cannibal Holocaust, any of the cannibal exploitation movies. Um, those are really good movies to put on when you have a bunch of people around. Uh, not so much if it's you and, and your partner or you and your friend. Um, even for the podcast. But I think it would be fun to do at least once. Uh, those films aren't really that long. And uh, they pick up pretty fucking quick, too. I mean, once they're in the... Uh, course on the screen there tony just said exploitation which is kind of weird um they're 
in the Amazon and they <coughs> Jesus and they meet the uh, villagers, then you know that's it's just going to go downhill from there. I mean, it picks up really fast, and there's just constant torture and uh, vaginal log fucking and uh, animal, real animal killing, which is why I can't watch it with Mrs. Gorecrush. She doesn't really appreciate uh, actual animals killing each other. It's like, come on, it's like National Geographic. It's nature. She's like, I don't care. This is freaking me out. It's like, well, that's the point of this movie. It's to freak you out. There's a lot of uh, vaginas and tits and uh, <laughs> things of that nature and uh, things being stuck up places that you shouldn't be. Um, but yeah, you know, it's a... Uh, I, I like those movies a lot. Do I watch them in my spare time? No. It's kind of weird if I just sit here and watch a cannibal exploitation film by myself or, you know. They're really good to have in a party atmosphere, though. If you're like, hey guys, I brought a movie for us to watch. Bring over Cannibal Holocaust and uh, people will sit down and fucking watch it. Um, you know. It's just, it's a good movie more for a setting where there's a lot of people around. You can get an audience going or a crowd, and they can kind of, you know, just go for it. So, um, also a good movie if you can't sleep and it's like 4 a.m., you can put that in too. I've, I've done that actually before. But anyway, uh, give us your feedback on that if you're listening to this and you're a frequent uh, Phantasm podcast, uh, you know, guy or gal that that frequents our pages then uh and you're listening to this uh tell us which one you'd rather watch or hear us review while you watch or whichever <coughs> uh cannibal holocaust cannibal ferox even island of death you know throw in another one if we have it maybe we'll do that so yeah but um so that's banned from amazon you can get yours from DiabolicDVD.com. What? Well, does it say on there why they banned? just says currently unavailable, and it's they they were in stock of stuff apparently. But if Grindhouse is saying that they banned it, they must know. You know, they probably got some kind of a letter from them or something from Amazon. That doesn't make any sense. I've never heard of Amazon not. I, I didn't. I was under the impression. I, mean, I guess I'm wrong. You can that, also report, that Amazon didn't give two shits. You can also shits. report stuff. Maybe somebody. Maybe enough people reported that film. Like I don't know, I don't know how you can look at the cover of that and know that it's not what it's what it ends up being when you watch it. I mean, it's very violent. One of the most violent films of all time. One of the most heavily banned films from theaters and countries of all time. Um, it's like top five on the goriest on the goriest list and the uh, shock value list. It's one of the most disturbing films ever made. It really is. Um, not so much over Cannibal Holocaust, only because Cannibal Holocaust has that um, sense of realism to it, to where people actually thought that they were watching a real film um, taken by real reporters and journalists. But you know, of course, that's not true. Um, you know, I- Roger Diodato, <coughs> he had to go to a fucking court over it to and bring the actors to be like, "Hey, look, they're not fucking dead." <laughs> you know, this is a a fucking movie. It's just a very ambitious movie. And a very ballsy fucking movie. So, um, you know, for the time, the, the Italian horror stuff, I mean, that was really the pinnacle of uh, the shock value. And um, besides Argento and Bava and uh, Fulci putting out the gore and the, uh, you know, the sexualization of women and all that stuff and prostitutes being fucking murdered and art students being killed and. 
uh, you know, the the cannibal films really set the you know raised the bar for all that and um, kind of brought it to the mainstream because of its shock value and people actually wanted to see those films because they were so nasty and uh, you know forbidden. So um, props to the Italian horror scene for bringing those films out is really still to this day um, can't really be <coughs> can't really be matched um, as far as intensity and gore and everything like that so I got something uh, I haven't done this in forever uh, I'm just gonna do a crazy list of blu-rays that are out we're gonna we're gonna start with the phantasm box set that is my April selection of the month Get mine uh, Thursday ladies and gentlemen um, um, well go USA um there's some unboxing videos. There's actually a bo- unboxing from Don Coscarelli himself that does an unboxing. Really cool. He talks about a lot of the special features and stuff that he was a part of on those discs that he remembers. Um, he really liked that there's a poster. There's a two-sided poster that comes with it. It's got the uh, Phantasm box set artwork, which will be my poster of choice. And then the other side of it is the Phantasm remastered uh, poster, which I, I do not like. Um but of course, Wellgo put out that uh, not even a year ago. <coughs> they must have some kind of deal with Best Buy because I was surprised to see a retailer. Yeah, Best Buy. If you guys go check it out, they I have can't guarantee the Phantasm box set. Uh, maybe on depending on your. Well, no, it's in store. That's crazy. But and you can get it online for sure. But it's in store. But if you you know if you look, but I mean I I know they got three. I got one. I just went ahead and just bought it online. So if so. you guys check your local Best Buy, uh, you can also. Definitely yeah. off the subject. But then you hear this at a probably another film thing. came out, uh, Rogue One. You can, that's already out. You can go pick that up at Best Buy with the Steelbook. If can you know. edit something out real quick for me? I just want to tell you this real quick. I got us the Steelbook. It's on its way. You did. It's coming from Texas. Adam got it for me. My, my main friend down there. So I was going to get one. Don't. this week. It's done. You did get one. You can't go get it. But you got one. You cannot buy it online unless you buy it off eBay. Don't do that. He's got two coming from Texas for me. Okay. He found them at a store in Texas, and he's sending them twenty bucks to the house or to the to the store. Place. I just gotta go get them. They'll be there week after next. So if I give you the cash, you'll go pick them up. Correct. It's done. It's a done deal. I did not get you the three D one. I didn't get the three D one either. I just want the there was a steel book that had a, had the Blu Ray. I don't know if it has a DVD or what with it or not. Then there was one that had uh, all this disc, and it was more expensive and had the three. I didn't. It's the same goddamn thing. It's I'm not paying. Steel book comes. I'm not paying thirty fucking dollars. For the same steel book that that's twenty, it's fucking stupid. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Anyway, so uh, the gate is available uh, from Vestron, uh, which, by the way, I just want to let everybody know that Vestron. I would put more love up for the Vestron stuff, but they don't even update their goddamn Facebook. It's because Fox owns it. Anyway, uh, the Wishmaster <laughs> collection's out. Uh, Brain damage so. from Arrow is about to come out. Evil Ed is about to come out from Arrow. Tells from the Hood is available from Screen Factory. The Lawnmower Man is best to come out in June. That's fucking Fuck awesome. awesome. I'm buying that early. I want the poster. On, I've been waiting it's, on it's that. Bought. <coughs> Jeff Fahey. And I'm only I'm only going to mention stuff. I'm not cutting to any bullshit. I'm only mentioning stuff that I actually think is worth mentioning. Uh, my Blu-ray pick for February. I want to thank again Corey for this Slaughterhouse, and it's really cheap right now on Amazon. It's sixteen ninety nine. Vinegar Syndrome. Yep. Um, Madhouse is coming out from Arrow. Uh, I don't really know what that movie is, but it looks interesting. Oh, you got Demented from uh, Scream Factory. That, that's actually... You can actually get that from them right now. Yep. It's not out in the stores yet, but do you... Uh, well, Firestarter? 
Yeah, I... It's a Stephen King love thing, you know. I right? love Stephen King, but I hate Drew Barrymore. She's I a fucking too. deal breaker. That's the only movie. She's she such a fucking cunt. She's it's the only like, movie that that Firestarter is the Drew Barrymore movie. You don't even have to see any of her. Because she's in Cats Eye too, but I no, she's not the good part about that film. You know, no Firestarter. Cats, Cats Eye actually, actually Firestarter is her movie. I think that's agreed. Her only one you should watch. Anyway, so back to this. So. uh... The Universal Dracula Complete Legacy Collection is available now. Awesome. Um, Witch Trap is available now for Vinegar Syndrome. It's also another one that I picked up and haven't watched. Definitely want to do that one. Uh, Willard's about to come out from Screen Factor. A lot of people seem to like that movie, so I've been trying to give it some you know people to see it. Uh, the Waxworks double feature that came out last year that I own is is twenty bucks right now at Best Buy. Need to get that, guys. It was a limited thing. It's going to be really hard to find if you don't buy it right now. It's fucking now. cool. Physically. Um, John Wick 2 is about to come out on Blu-ray. I'm going to give that movie some love. Uh, the Dollar Place is about to get that if you want to go. It's, that movie is the shit. Yeah, we'll go see it. It's the tits. Um, <laughs> Demi- Demented actually is out. So you can yeah. get... Well, let me double check this before I tell you all that. It is. It came out It came out last week. Actually, it came out today. Awesome. It came out today. So Demented's out. Uh, Wolf Guy is out from Arrow. I don't really know what that is. Kathy's Curse from Severn. And that movie is actually a straight-up Exorcist ripoff that actually is... It's actually pretty cool for what it is. Uh, the Night of the Sorceress slash Lorelei's uh, Grasp double feature from Screen Factory looks kind of interesting. Um, Driving Massacre is available right now from, uh, from Severn. I, I really like that movie. <coughs> it's an early 70s slasher. Um, uh, this is this is not horror, but I, I want to give this movie some love because it, it's absolutely being trashed. The Ghost in the Shell movie with Scarlett Johansson is actually really good. It looks Apparently cool. the people that went to see that don't know a goddamn thing about the original anime. It's pretty much uh, frame for frame from the movie. Well, I don't understand the what the problem school. is. It's really good. And the other bits of the cast are from goddamn uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, Demon Seed is available from Warner Archive. A uh, horror movie I remember from my kid from 1977 is available now. You can get that from Amazon. Uh, as well as Valley of the Guanji is another kind of uh, hammer ripoff thing uh, that's, a, that's available also from Warner Archive from through Amazon. Um, what else we got here? Um... Psycho, the Vince Vaughn, which I'm going to buy. Whether we end up doing it or not, I just like Psycho. I like Vince Vaughn. Uh, I like that movie. I don't know. I always thought it was really cool. Um, it's just a good movie. <coughs> what else we got here? Um, this is also not horror, but I want to give this some love from Shout Factory. They're putting out all the Pink Panther films. With Peter Sellers, which those are actually fucking awesome. Uh, I don't know if you guys like them or not. I really like them. I grew up on them. Um, and this is a huge one, and I announced this the second I saw it on the page. Like, I got it within like an hour or two when they announced it. Slither Collector's Edition oh, yeah. uh, from Scream Factory is about to come out. The movie was impossible um, to find when I tried to rent it when it first came out on home video. It was impossible to find. Uh, this is one on Diabolic site, and this is actually interesting. And you can get it now. It's a. Uh, a UK DVD Blu-ray combo of Fright Night from Eureka UK, and it's twenty-five bucks. I don't know if it's a it's a four K master of uh, of uh, Fright Night. The other I thing I want to mention to I have the uh, Twilight Time. Fuck, but I don't know if the this Fright Night's different from the other one. It looks like the features are the same. 
And it's still got the original soundtrack on it. And then Psycho Cop Returns you can get from Vinegar Syndrome. Never seen that, but the artwork is pretty cool. Um, Adam Rifkin directed it. Got directed Detroit Rock City. Guessing this is a 90s. I've got some more stuff for you guys if I can find it here. Just give me a second. I'm fighting lag on this thing. <coughs> um, and we'll be doing the we'll be doing the Wishmaster stuff. I, I I ordered that when I ordered the house thing, so I'm I'm waiting. It shipped today, so I should have that pretty soon. The Wishmaster came out like a week ago or two weeks ago, but it's on its way with that. Um. Trying to see if there's anything else in here that I missed. It's a lot of the Witch same bullshit. Trap, Witch trap. Oh, there's an all region coming out from Indicator of Ghost of Mars. If you guys never got the original uh, Blu-ray that's out of print now, the the high def one. Um, you know, it's an alright movie. It's a Carpenter. It's a rare one if you need to get the actual Blu-ray, but they're putting it out again. Um, Enigma is out you can buy from 88 films that's a Fulci of course um, and it's a 2K master it's all region just a lot of weird movies uh, The Skull that we did with with Dallas did a full review of that is out another Warner Archive thing I want to mention here uh, from Hell It Came, uh, which is a movie I saw as a kid. I don't know if we have any vintage fans out there that ever listen to the stuff that I talk about on here, but I'm a huge fan of vintage films. Oh, yeah. Um, so from Hell It Came, and th- this is new. I didn't know this was, I, I didn't even know this goddamn thing existed on Blu ray. It's another Warner Archive piece. Um, I'm trying to find out some info here for you guys about it. I don't know. The popcorn, uh, the limited edition. Still book from Synapses out as well. Yeah. Can you get that for me? Because I'm tired of not having it. Yeah. I have the funds. I really want that. Uh, Red Dawn. If I don't get it, I'm going to be really pissed off. Uh, there's also a Wolfman Complete Legacy Collection that's also available. Although, I'm pretty sure that that was already out. I don't know why that's in this new list. So, actually scratch that. Actually, that's fucking old. Don't even, Just ignore that. I'm fucking high on cocaine. Uh, Burnt Offerings is a movie that I bought a couple of years ago that on Blu-ray that we need to do for somebody. That's just kind of a oh violent shit from Synapse. It's a DVD. Yeah, I'm actually getting that. Uh, Dead Time Stories is a good one. Love to do that one on here. Actually, that shipped. Dead Time Stories. No, my violent shit collection shipped. It oh, shipped nice. with that, so we'll have those to do. Those movies are cool if you guys have never seen those. I like them. They're German, I think. But they're yeah. super gory. Um, where is that goddamn thing? I just saw... There it is. Okay. So this is from Hell It Came. And this comes out April 25th. And I was a big fan of this film as a kid. I'm pretty sure it's... This isn't really for anybody but me, really. But anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm a fan of it. So, there you go. Um, the Four Skulls of Jonathan Drake 
is uh, comes out June 27th from Scream Factory. I'm very excited about that. Um, <clears throat> it's an Amicus film. Uh, the Man from Planet X is also coming out as well. Um, what was The Screaming Skull, uh, again from Scream Factory, it comes out April 25th, another uh, Amicus release. Um, What's that right there on the screen? We go all the way back to the film is Robert Joy. He's really. He's in Land of the Dead. Of course, he was. Charlie in that film, if you guys see Land of the Dead. He He's was, been in a bunch of shit. He was the sniper guy with the fucked up face, and I loved him in that film. Um, it's a really cool character. The guy that, you know, the, the lovable sidekick that, of course, would have a, you know, a Anyway, it's all I got. I got death. nothing else right now. Um, so, yeah, so there you go. That's what's out. What else he was in? He was in the dark half. Uh, he was in the show Wings, The Outer Limits, Law and Order, another Law and Order guy. He was in an episode of La- Nash Bridges, the 2000 series. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of TV stuff. And of course, Charlie, Land of the Dead. He was also in the remake of Hills Have Eyes. He was Lizard. He was Colonel Stevens in Alien vs. Predator Requiem. God, you know, I'll take Alien vs. Predator Requiem any day over Alien vs. Predator. Yeah, that first one was a fucking... It's a fucking turd. Oh, you want to hear something funny? And I I made fun of this on our page. There's... I hope you guys got a kick out of it. There was some deathcore tour, and it was Alien vs. Predator 2. It's like, oh, it's the it's the seven string. I don't get laid and jerk off to gay porn tour. <laughs> so I drink Monster Energy. Well, my girlfriend rides in. My, sorry, boyfriend rides in my uh, Honda Civic. No, it's Prius. It, it's Prius or his Volkswagen, or his Volkswagen Beetle, mm-hmm. or his Mini Cooper. It's Mini Cooper. He picked me up with Mini Cooper and gave me a hand job. <laughs> anyway. Know what's even going on in this film right now? I'm going to trying to figure out what the hell's going on. <coughs> well, there's Larry Laughlin. This movie is, you know, like with any of these. <coughs> oh, this mission, Ron DeFeo. Yep. Gotta love that. Where he gets kickbacks off that every time his name's fucking said? Probably not. Is that Meg Ryan? Yeah. I never thought she was attractive. I mean, she's kind of like a, a 
fly. I just don't. She's just not attractive. I just don't know. She's always looked like a hundred. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. You know, I'll defend these movies. I like them. I honestly like two and three more than I do the first one. To be honest with you, do what? I like part two and part three of these of this film franchise more than I do the first one. Because I, I, I saw because I saw them in a the theater. Oh, I, like I may have saw part one to drive in, but I like James Brolin. I don't really remember if I did, but you know. Huh. Well, you guys are uh, horror horror convention goers and then uh, of course I will be attending in the ass end of June the Days of the Dead indie and that will be a lot of fun um, aren't we doing some promos for that yeah we'll have uh, Ken Foray back on the show which is you know we almost approaching our one year anniversary which is awesome so we'll get a how lot close of, are we to that uh, it's the 23rd so it's only a couple weeks and we'll be right at the year mark but we're already getting some repeat offenders on the show, which is pretty awesome. You know, it's good to have people back on. Um, <coughs> we got um, Tobias from Cut Up, uh, and he brought Anders on the show, which is cool. Um, with him this time around, talk about wherever they may rot. Uh, Cut Up's new album on Metal Blade, so you'll get that episode coming to you. And. Um, when does the God to Throne come out that we're flagging right now that I can't remember? <laughs> uh, the World of Blaze May, May comes something. out May 5th. I put that video up for him. The videos, you guys go to our page, uh, just look through the shit that I post, and it's on there. <coughs> it's actually really cool. The video was really cool. I didn't get to listen to the audio <coughs> on it. because it I'm Thank you. And uh, But yeah, it's a cool video. So And I guess he's got more of those to come in the next little bit, so I'll, I'll keep Yeah, Cinco de Mayo, save the date, uh, The World of Blaze. Metal Blade Records gotta be thrown. <laughs> but, uh, that chick's hot, though, whoever that is. Can we confirm this on here, please? Because I've been dying to. Uh, and I, 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 Corey got this, but I'm going to go ahead and plug it because they're literally one of my favorite bands, like top five. We have Goat Whore coming on the goddamn show. Yeah, I mean. It's a done fucking deal. Uh, well, that's by Lori. the time you hear this, it should be right about to happen. That's Lori Laughlin. That's who that is. Really young. Yeah, from Full House. I've said that like ten times. You didn't. I didn't know that was her right there. Yeah, sense. she's fucking. She's smoking. Yeah, she's always hot. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know from who we have from Go Whore. Maybe just a guitar tech, none of the band. I don't know, but <laughs> hopefully the whole band or yeah, Doctor West from Go to Whore. But anyway, but yeah, and that is uh, Candy Clark. Who that is uh, from Blue Thunder and uh, American. So look forward Graffiti. to that. So well. I guess they have a new record coming out at some point this year. I don't know when. I haven't heard a time frame on that, but maybe they'll tell us, and we can tell you, or you can hear it yourself. She's also on Cat's Eye. Um, Candy, right there. Also a Magnum PI and Starman, the TV show. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She was Buffy's mom in the actual, in the film from the nineties. Um, 
weird stuff. <coughs> she was in the episode of a newer Twin Peaks. <coughs> but yeah, I was saying, uh, if you follow Days of the Dead, you're, you go to those conventions and stuff. They're already starting to announce uh, guests for the Louisville uh, convention. And they're actually pretty cool so far. There's only a few of them. Uh, Linda Blair, don't don't even bother with that. She's a she's a bitch. Uh, sad to say, but it's true. I didn't even. That is depressing. I that movie's so fucking iconic. I know. And it's, and one I wanna, of my, it's one of my it's favorites. The first horror, it's like me and a lot of people. It's the first horror movie they ever saw. I loved it. It was the first one I ever saw. All I wanted to do was thank her, but I saw how people how she reacted with people online, and she was very rude. And uh, I believe your exact word was she was a cunt. She was a total cunt to the point where I waited in line for and that's like awful. That's twenty depressing. minutes. We hate to do that to you, but no. I mean, I we're just trying to keep people from wasting their money. I waited in line for like twenty twenty five minutes. She's like fifty or sixty bucks just to get an autograph, and it's not worth it. Um, and I saw how she was treating, you know, consistently treating other people <coughs> in a row, and I was like, nope, I'm not dealing with that today. So I just, as a doctor would say, eighty six did and just uh, took off. So she will be at Louisville. Don't waste your time on that. Um, the first photo op thing they're doing that they announced for Louisville is Tony Todd will be in the Candyman costume, so that's pretty neat. That is uh, cool. I would rather have him as Warp's brother in costume, but yeah. Candyman's cool, too. Um, and the third guest, and this is awesome, this makes me almost want to go to Louisville also, is uh, Gary Busey is going to be there. <laughs> that's awesome. That is cool. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was Mad Monster. I think it was Mad Monster. And, of course, there you got the worst nightmare of the fucking... Hot ass sink that won't turn off. Um, <coughs> it was Gary Busey. Tony Robbins looks like a porn star. I know he does. He looks like he, right fu- there, he's all he looks, looks like, like he, a gay porn star. That's what I was about to say. He looks like he fucks dudes. <laughs> they, they come in his. They come in his fucking hot fro. Oh, <laughs> they brick all over his hot fro, or he bricks in their fanny. Um, and their gaping hot anus. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I think it was uh, Mad Monster that had Gary Busey and Jake Busey at once, and that was pretty cool. I think that was the year they had Hulk Hogan, if I'm not mistaken, which would have been awesome. Uh, yeah, Tony Roberts looks nothing like that now. He's got a, I mean, he's a super typical dad. I think all of the dads in these movies have the fucking turtleneck with the dress shirt sticking out of it. They do. Like all of them, they really do. I guess that's the DeFeo look, if, you know. Until he put on the flannel and started murdering people. But anyway, but yeah, I uh, so look at that. That's fucking nasty. That the pic, just the picture alone. It's really cool. Early. There's a lot of. Uh, well, I'm, uh, oh fuck! I'm really excited about the Phantasm box set. I'll probably have it in hand by the time you guys listen to this. But I wanted to <coughs> talk a little bit more about that. If uh, you know, obviously. We're Phantasm Podcast, and uh, that's where we coined the name, and, uh, you know, that's a very important thing, so I think we should do a special episode, uh, maybe review uh, part three, or even do one. We haven't done one before. Uh, we did do two on the show. Uh, look, let's, love, let's just cut the bullshit. Let's just do the ones we haven't done. Like all of them. We'll do them without a guess. We'll just do the that's rest That's what I'm saying. Them. We'll just do it We'll just do them all. Fuck it. We'll just do them goddamn all. We'll even, save... 
whatever, however, which way you want to fucking do it, let's just fucking do them. I'd love to do all of them, the new one included. Just do all I like the new one. Even but. for an anniversary episode, go back to the oldest school we can, just do a straight up Phantasm episode. Um, maybe even bring you guys a double feature, like a straight up Grindhouse, just do part one and three. Um, but to talk a little bit about it, if you guys are skeptical to get it, uh, there is a UK, uh, Arrow put out their own version, which is fucking amazing, but it's Region B, it's goddamn annoying, of the... Uh, you know the the sphere, and it looks great. There's unboxings of those right now. You can look out on YouTube. But uh, I've seen a couple unboxings of the one I'm talking about from Wellgo, and uh, yeah, it's got the the black artwork with the numerals on it. Uh, you know, part one through five, and it's oh, and that that's scary. With the that's a good 3D part right there, where the pole goes through the fucking passenger side, uh, part of the windshield there. Almost uh, putting a nice little hole. Um, in uh, Nancy's face there, but um, yeah, the they have the black cases, and of course, all of the the Blu-rays are have reversible covers, uh, so you can get all the original artworks on there. It even has the original. Even though the, it's the Phantasm Remastered is what you're getting packaged into that box set, it still has the original Phantasm artwork on there, which is pretty fucking awesome. Which I actually own the, you know, of course, the first four, the Anchor Bays um, and the MGMs of the, uh, you know, on DVD. The, I'm not getting rid of those. Those will just get more expensive the more rare they get. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, and part two is the Scream Factory version. It's the same cut. It even has the logo on it. It kind of chaps my ass, because I have that. I wanted to go out of print and then fuck people and be like this with it. But anyway... um, That's nice. I mean... Is there a bonus disc in that set? I'm just going to interview Corey here for you all for this. (laughs) All of them have all the features. There is... No, no, no. no. Is there some kind of like extra disc that just has like... No, I don't think so. Okay. That's amazing, though. that, That creature art right there, the... So I guess just Tess Harper die? She did. I guess so. Nancy Baxter is a fucking corpse. Um, but it, it doesn't come with an extra disc, but it does come with an appendium, like a 127-page booklet. Now, let me ask you this, because this is something I was confused about on Amazon initially when they showed it. Was there a limited version or was there not? I think the one that they're putting out, like that's out today, the box set is a limited version. Okay, so there were two different versions of a box set. Not, well, there not, was not, I'm not talking about the Arrow thing. I'm yeah. talking about domestically here by that uh, jerky oaf. <laughs> no, there's just... Which, by the way, I, I want to point this out, that I actually tried to contact that the actual Facebook page and got fucking rockstarred, which I thought was gay. From what? But I guess it's good we didn't get sued. From what? What is it? Uh, I actually messaged the Facebook page and was trying to get, you know, Dawn or somebody to fucking talk to us on there, and I got fucking rockstar. Oh, the six months ago. Page. Yeah, it's fucking gay. Actually, it was about seven or eight months ago. Was it John Caglion Jr. that did the effects for this? Which I think did part two also, if I'm not mistaken. He did The Dark Knight. I mean, he's done a ton of shit. Uh,. I did Friday the 13th Part 2, Basket Case, Chud, Manhunter, Poltergeist 3, The Blob from 88, uh, Dick Tracy, 
um, heat, Donnie Brasco, uh, frequency, insomnia. Let's see, 310 to Yuma, American Gangster, Dark Knight. Of course, specifically, John Caglione Jr. did the makeup for Heath Ledger's Joker in that film, which is pretty amazing. Uh, that he was a uh, um, in the makeup department in this film, and then he goes on to do that. It's pretty pretty nuts. Uh, I want to say I've mentioned him in another film. It doesn't say it here. It wasn't Friday Part Two, so we haven't done that one yet, or Basket Case, or Chud. So I feel like it was for Amityville Part Two. It was. He was special makeup effects for Part Two as well. So he's still in this film, John Caglione Jr. Which is pretty pretty awesome. So you got the same nasty. Of course, there's less. Uh, this film is a lot more tame. The second one was really really raunchy. One of the raunchiest films we've done on here. So uh, this one's definitely a uh, not even close. But it's still for a, a PG film. This is still pretty uh, racy for its time. So you know, only being an '83. And the cast, I think they spent a lot more money putting this cast together than the, the other one was pretty much a, uh, you know, a bunch of no-name actors for the second movie, you know, but this one had a lot more um, star-studded cast there, of course a lot younger, some of the cast members weren't really um, big at the time, but yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. And then, yeah, um, the doctor needs really a cold cool. shower. Anyway, um, <laughs> the box set's really cool. Uh, the Phantasm thing uh, that it doesn't come. I don't think it comes with a bonus disc, but it does come with um, an appendium. It's 127 page full color booklet that talks about. Uh, it's not even a that book. looks like goddamn Dawson from <laughs> Dawson's Creek. It does there's no like way it's him? Beak. But yeah. um, that or he's a goddamn vampire, and it is James Van- James Vanderbeek is the fucking is the real Draculia. <laughs> um, yeah, on Amazon it says just a special edition box set, but uh, oh, what? did you say that? No, I. That's me up there. Yeah. What? <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> anyway, so Corey's grossed out by me. Anyway, so there were. <laughs> yeah, see, this is. I read you all this bullshit. <laughs> there is a bonus disc. So I lied. There, uh, there's six discs that come with this fucking thing, and the sixth disc is a bonus disc, and it says featuring over four hours of extras. Phantasm and You, a comic recap of the first four films by Phantasm 5 Ravager director David Hartman. Uh, Flashback Weekend Chicago Convention Panel Discussion 2008-2014. Flashback Weekend Concert Performance by Kat Lester. That's weird. Um, She's the, you know, the ghoul chick that's humping guys and killing them. That's really the tall man. Um, Fantastic Fest Q&A 2016. Um... Phantasmagoria, a documentary and interviews with the cast and crew. This is the thing I'm the most excited about seeing on disc six. Phantasmagorical mystery tour with Reggie Bannister. 
Which is where Reggie goes to all the locations of the films. They do a goddamn Sean Clark. Yes, with Reggie. That's amazing. Uh, <coughs> yeah. Phantasm Genesis, which I'm not sure what that is, some kind of featurette, as well as Fandom, P-H-A-N-D-O-M, which is, uh, I guess, just showing off asshole collectors, and among other things. And that's a great shot right there in the Amityville house there. And look, there's a little 3D frisbee. Woo! Of course, this is the New Jersey Bay, not the... New York Bay, but they share the same water, so whatever. Um, but Disc 1 is the first film. It's got audio commentaries, new and old, and uh, a 1979 television interview with Don and Angus, and deleted scenes, interview outtakes, behind the scenes, uh, home movies with Don and Reggie, uh, home movie footage, TV and radio spots, uh, 1989 convention appearance, and a Fangoria TV commercial with Angus, uh, TV trailers, all that stuff. Of course, that is the remastered. It's probably all the same stuff. Now, what is all that on? The first disc. That's what you already have, because you have the remastered. It's all from that. That is not on there. Is it not? No. I think it's all ported shit from the original DVD, plus whatever's on I'm telling disc. you, I bought that, and none is of that... Is it bare it, bones? It, yes. It's just the disc. There's a trailer for Ravenger, Weird. and there's a trailer, I think, for the original film, and that's it. I feel like this is all ported stuff <coughs> from the Anchor Bay. Unless it's or two discs. No, it's one disc. Then it's a different disc. Uh, it's got the Graveyard Cars thing. It's got Michael. That's Pena where it's limited. That's the only way you can get that version of it is to buy that. You to buy the first. Yeah. It's on the first film. Yep. And disc two is uh, you got audio commentaries. The ball is back, which is the making of Phantasm Two. Deleted scenes, TV spots, theatrical trailers, behind the scenes, rare short film featuring. Angus Scrim, where he was named Rory Guy at the time. Uh, the Gory Days, an interview with special makeup effects, Greg Nicotero. Uh, that's, I think, that's all from the actual Scream Factory version. Which is cool, because it all has the Wellgo logos on the bottom there, and then they actually had the Scream Factory logo on that second disc, so it's pretty cool. Um, disc 3 is Phantasm 3. <laughs> Lord of the Dead, first time on Blu-ray ever. This is the reason. This is a selling point for most people that are going to buy this. Is getting uh, Phantasm Three. Well, Lord of the Dead is probably um, my favorite Phantasm, besides you know the first one. I, I thought it was interesting. They're not putting those out separately. Yes, they want you to buy the fucking box set. I'm guessing. Um, I think it'll sell the box set more. Maybe eventually they'll put them out. They're also on digital, so you can buy them on digital by themselves. Just not physically. Um, so what are the special features on 3? It's Never Over, The Making of Phantasm 3. It's got That's all new. It has to be. Interviews with Don and Michael Baldwin, Reggie, Bill, Gloria, Lynn Henry, stuntman Bob Ivey, director of photography, blah, blah, uh, audio commentaries, Balls of Steel, which is Bob Ivey's stunt for the ages, uh, Phantasm 3 car stunt, behind-the-scenes compilation, uh, deleted scenes, radio spots, Disc 4, Phantasm 4, Oblivion. Amazing. Uh, this is the weirdest of the four films. Uh, not counting 5, because I still have not watched 5. I'm just going to wait till I get this set, honestly. Um, this comes with Death is No Escape, the making of Phantasm 4. Uh, it's got interviews from the cast. Um, it's got a behind-the-scenes compilation. It's got a special makeup effects thing. It's got... Um, well, that's interviews with all those people. Uh... Phantasm sequels, conceptual art gallery, audio commentaries, more of that. 
and behind the scenes promo trailers, stuff like that. Uh, Disc five, Phantasm Ravager. It's got the making of Ravager. Uh, Friendship and Phantasm, an interview with uh, Michael Baldwin. A Lady in Lavender, an interview with Cat Lester. Um, it's got the credit sequence, red credit sequence, uh, deleted scenes with optional commentary. Phantasm bloopers now takes a moment with the director, teasers, and theatrical trailers. And I've already just read you guys disc six. So, yeah, it's, it's jam-fucking-packed. I'm actually going to bust out my DVDs here and see what... You're going to compare it? Yeah, I'm going to see what of these are actually <coughs> on all these. Let me see here. Bringing out the big mothers. Here we go. You can edit this out. I can't believe you didn't think that was funny. What? I asked her if she liked Canadian <laughs> meat in her taco. It is funny. And then she's like, mm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think they ported some of that stuff because I think Stars owned some of that shit. Okay, this says, this is what's on my Anchor Bay DVD of Phantasm. It's got the Phantasmagoria, the 30-minute documentary and interviews with the cast and crew of Phantasm. Which they do mention on here, I think. Uh, audio commentary, deleted scenes. Yeah, that's all that's on here. And, and the convention appearance and the TV commercials. And the uh, actors having a ball, which is the outtakes. And Phantasm trailer. This actually has the Phantasm 3 trailer and TV spots on it, which is cool. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's not on that DVD. Uh, which is the star cars, and you know those are all updated things. Um, I think it's just that star cars thing that's new. Let's see, <coughs> part two. I'm pretty sure all that's from the just ported from the Screen Factory. Uh, part three. Well, this is two right here. I got. <coughs> Boss is untaught, sir. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> part three, Lord of the Dead. Is another Anchor Bay one. Actually, all these are Anchor Bays. <coughs> Actually, this part two that I have is Universal. So one, three, and four that I have are uh, Anchor Bays. This is what is on <coughs> part three of the DVD. Uh, audio commentary, behind the scenes, deleted scenes, and the trailers. That's it. So you get all these added commentaries. You get a... a car stunt featurette uh, the making of Phantasm so is this Three. stuff ported? some of it just the like the trailers and the uh, some everything of the else is new isn't it? some of the commentaries the deleted scenes <coughs> here's what it already looks like it is, is ported the deleted scenes the trailers and like the old audio commentaries everything else is brand new the making of featurettes those are all new uh, at least they're not on these Anchor Bay ones. And these are the most recent DVDs you can buy. Um, part four, all the features on this one. Audio commentary, behind the scenes, that's it. And what do we got on part four for this Blu-ray? The making of Phantasm Four. You got interviews with like pretty much the entire group of, you know, the entire cast and crew. Um, and yeah, that's that's... There's new audio commentaries. So, yeah, I mean, this is definitely something you guys have to buy if you're even re remotely fans of this uh, franchise with Phantasm. Um, because, I mean, 
they're just stacked. I mean, the, the features on it alone are just awesome. So definitely go pick that up. It's honestly for eighty bucks. It's a fucking steal. I mean, you can't. I mean, look, I I've saved up for it for a while. Me too. And I bought that bit. Yeah, I figured it just made sense because it came out, and it, it's because you know those house movies are gonna be cool to have, but those movies really aren't that good. No, <laughs> I bought them more just because it's like. Whatever, because honestly, the European version—I want to talk about this in a second—of the of the house box set is better. It's got all four of them. Well, now let's talk about that a second. House three technically exists in America. It's the horror show. Yeah, that's weird. But in Europe, it's called House Three, although there's no connection to any of it. Although Arrow put it all that out, which that's owned by Scream Factory here, and I forget what House Four is, but it's also the property rights are owned by somebody else. Well, those films aren't even good enough to where I need all four. It's just like, wow, I, mean, look, I bought, Silent I night, bought the night first two. Set, you know. <clears throat> I bought the first two, and it's like, but but they're not that great. you know. And it damn sure wasn't going to be any kind of pick of the month thing. It's more just cool to have. It is, and I wanted it, and I like, I like them. Chat my ass, I don't have it. It's, you know, it's 45 bucks for those two movies, and you know, I guess that's not bad considering usually you get an Arrow movie and it's, you know, you're gonna spend at least 35 bucks on just one, so um, so it's a good value picking up both of them for 45. You get the cool box art, and you know, you know, I think it's pretty cool. It's the artwork's really nice, it kind of reminds me of uh. The uh, Poltergeist covers. It's pro- I'm pretty sure it has to be the same artist. You know, the... Um, <coughs> I think it's the same artist that did all those. But don't quote me on that. Yeah, I'm going to leave it. I like the just the black with the sphere on it, honestly. Yeah, I wish it had the um, the actual fucking sphere you can get. Um, but you know, they're, they're, you can buy them, but you can't watch them. They had sold uh, a sphere to go along with that set, but Tootie's ate it. <laughs> he destroyed it in his bed. There was a prototype. They had sent Corey... From Don Coscarelli sent it was autographed. It was to us. It said "Cheers, best wishes," and then Tootie destroyed it in his bed, which is fun. So there's uh, the gay porn star. He's back with his tight comfro, and he's talking to <laughs> his, his tranny wife. Oh, I love this movie. I want to say something else too, real quick. If you, if anybody out there actually has cable, the best channel on cable, in my opinion, <coughs> there's two. There's Epic's Drive-In, which their horror thing on the weekends is actually hosted by Tom Savini dressed as a ghoul, which I think is just funny. I know he's a horse's ass, but it's still cool. And then uh, the L Ray Network, which I absolutely love. Apparently, they drag some guy off the plane because. They wanted one of their crew members to have a seat, so they actually kicked the paying passenger off off board. They, like, beat the shit out of him and dragged him off the plane. There's video of it. That's uh, some real horror going on in our world. It's just real nice. Um, 
How do you say, is it BBF? What's the thing with a girl's best friend? Is it BFF? BFF. Okay. Yeah, this film is, uh, it's pretty slow. There's going to be an intense climax to this, but there's been, you know, little kind of eerie things here and there. But again, you know, it's PG. This is still better than anything to come out today to watch, um, besides anything James Wan touches. Uh, it's always good. Um, which there will be another Saw film coming out, I think, this year um, in October. So that's something to look forward to for you guys that like that franchise. Uh, you like that franchise. I like <clears throat> Corey actually has a Saw tramp stamp. I do. It's a little, it's a little buzz saw. And above it's his, above his penis, which scares Mrs. Gorechrist, above his penis, he has a thing that says, Do you want to play? Every time that, <laughs> that he gets aroused... Oh, look, you know, say what you will. I've honestly, and people can make fun of me for this, I have never watched any of them. You should. I'm not saying you'd like them, but... I was told they were torture porn, which is why I didn't... They're not torture porn. There's not even any boobs or sex in it, like at all. I'm just, I'm not saying that's what it is. I'm just saying that's what I was told. People say everything's torture porn, but, you know, Hostel isn't even torture porn. There's one sex scene in it. You can't have torture... And and call torture porn and not have porn in it. It's just unless I'm getting the term wrong and they mean it's porn for people that like torture. I guess that's what they mean. But it's not even. It's just gory. It's a gory. They're gory movies. And with our industry today of horror and stuff like that, where there's nothing coming out, we have to depend on these companies like Arrow and Vestron and or you know whatever Lionsgate, Vinegar Syndrome and and Kino and. Uh, Synapse and Scream Factory or Shout Factory, whatever, putting out the stuff from the 80s and the 70s that are good, or even the 90s, because there's such a lack of new horror coming out, or even good horror. It's all paranormal PG-13 shit. Um, You know, stuff like the Saw films for our time, yeah, you know... They actually do stand the test time. I think 20 years later, I can go back and be like, yeah, I grew up. Did you ever play those video games that were on the 360? I played the first one. What do you do in in that? You're uh, Detective Tap, who is Danny Glover. And I think the timeline takes place a little bit before the first film. And (coughs) you're trying to find Jigsaw, and he's getting little traps. I guess, I don't know. Um, It kind of sets up the first film, I think. It's in the middle of the timeline. Um, But for the... You know, the movies themselves, they have a really good story to them that a lot of people hate that they don't pay attention to. They're just like, oh, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, really? If you watch the films from start to finish, they make perfect sense. I mean, there's a lot left out. There's a lot of loopholes. Not perfect. They had, like, five different writers and directors in between all the films. So, I mean, it was never, you know, James Wan... um, And Leigh Wannell did the first three films, and they wrote it and directed them. And produced them, but then after that, they handed it over to, I think the Dunstain brothers, the guys that were, um, and Darren Limbosman as well, and um, you know they, it's been taken over by several people and, and messed with, and I think they kept the story, you know, pretty pretty decent, and it's actually interesting, um, you know how far back the legacy of Jigsaw really goes or whatever but um, yeah I think 
they're a testament to the old gore films, and and yeah, it's, there's a lot of torture in it, but it's not like unbearable to watch. It's actually just awesome. You know, there's a lot of gore. There's a lot of, um, you know, uh, vein pulling moments that are really nice on screen. And uh, you know, for newer horror, I'd give it a lot of credit. I give it all the credit in the world because. Well, there's such a lack of movies like that now. Where we don't even get good slashers anymore. They just don't exist. Like, unless they're remaking Halloween for the hundredth time, or, um, you know, these new Alien movies even are the closest to a slasher that we're going to get all year. Um, you know, 31, you know, even though I, my first viewing, I didn't really like it that much. It was a fucking slasher, and it was gory as fuck, so I can only give Rob Zombie all the credit for that. Because At least it was an original idea, actually, not a goddamn remake of something. He's actually pushing something, and he made a gory-ass slasher film. So I appreciate that, because they don't exist anymore. And it's, no, it's a goddamn shame, you know. Uh, I can go back any day and watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre or, you know, Friday the 13th. Those movies are timeless. They'll never get older. Halloween, uh, you know... <coughs> Really, any of the Halloweens, excuse me. <coughs> Fuck. Or a Phantasm, you know, now that we're finally getting to see uh, Phantasm 3 and 4 on Blu-ray and get to see the the, the nice visuals of that on, on our newer TVs and our modern sound bars or whatever we got. But, um, you know, it's, it's still nice when new films come out that we haven't seen. And, uh, you know... It doesn't happen very often anymore, and uh, it's very rare. I think the last really good horror movie to come out, you know, Conjuring Two, um, was was fucking awesome. But it tied me over. Not not really. It was a really cool movie, and I liked the new uh, the Ouija movie. Origins of Evil was really good. Yeah, I still never saw that. I actually really liked that film. It was, um, you know, for the paranormal stuff. It's kind of old at this point. It really is oversaturated, but. At least out of all the shit, we get some good films. I think Annabelle 2 will be really good. Um, you know, the last Purge movie was really good. I actually enjoyed that film. It was, had a lot of good scenes in it. That's a good movie. Um, like I said, 31's probably the last really good horror movie to come out. And I wouldn't even consider it a horror movie. It's just fucking gory and dark. Um, uh, Green Inferno was pretty good, but then again, it's almost like a remake. You know, it's Eli Roth's Ode to... Uh, to the cannibal films like we were talking about earlier you know that was really good um, for what it was it was really campy and what Green Inferno it had a lot of I liked it Eli Roth's overrated though it felt he gets so much credit and he doesn't really do anything and he doesn't do anything new it, it felt a lot like uh, Cabin Fever as far as the comedy I couldn't do that movie and stuff like that that movie's gross that is gross um, but the the actors and, the, and their chemistry felt a lot like Cabin Fever and that's kind of what I didn't like. It was like a college, like, you know, they're supposed to be college students in the original, you know, Cannibal Holocaust, stuff like that. They're usually college. Um, but this one actually felt like a college, like a National Lampoon movie more than it did an actual horror film. Uh, I don't know, the whole stoner thing. I don't know. Um, that was in there, I guess, to keep it from being completely just off the rails, which I think... I think a lot of the horror films now are in the overseas. They're making a lot of good ones now. But I don't want to watch fucking horror movies with subtitles, you know, like the whole time. I know Basque, and I've heard a lot about it. I still haven't seen that. Um, What's that? 
It's called Baskin. It's a... I think it's Iranian, maybe? I don't know. What, no. Oh, no, it's Turkish. It's Turkish. Where they find the these cops going to this investigate this house or something. They find, like, a doorway to hell. And it, it's supposed to be really, really gory, and I still haven't watched it, but it looks cool. Again, though, I don't want to watch a whole film with subtitles, you know, on that time. <clears throat> but I do want to watch it just to actually say I've watched it. Um, but uh, the new It, you know, It looks really good, but it's a remake, you know. I'm not seeing anything new. I'm just seeing a reimagination of something I've already watched, you know, four hours of. That's a long-ass fucking movie. If you ever bought the VHS of It, the old one, it's got two fucking VHSs. Ow, fuck. I just wrapped myself up. Anyway. And then, you know, on television, you have to watch it in three parts. Because it's so fucking long. Which one? It, the original. It's goddamn like The Blu-ray's fucking beautiful. It's all there. You just hit play. It's awesome. Yeah, because Blu-ray can hold all that shit. But back in the day, when it was VHS, it was two fucking VHSs. And that monster is fucking gnarly. It looks like fucking Ooh. Eddie from Iron Maiden. Now we got some good shit. Yeah, it's goddamn Ed Hunter. It's fucking cool. Uh, actually, you know what that looks more like? Gross. You dragged into that. That reminds me of From Beyond. That pink shit. It does, yeah. Um, Precursor to it, actually. Yeah. But yeah, I miss, I miss special effects like this because I think digital is honestly... Everybody says it looks so good. I think it looks gay and fake. It ruins it, yeah. It just looks dumb and fake. It it's really does. It's just cheaper to do it that way now. You can have some asshole on a computer. It's fucking stupid, though. It looks fake. Yeah. Everybody acts like these... That's another thing I fucking hate. And if you don't mind me saying this, this is something... I mean, I think everybody out there can relate to this. I hate when I buy a fucking video game and there's just like this three-hour intro with some nerd's artwork. It's like, I don't need to see this. Oh, I want to play the goddamn game. They, I don't. I don't. I don't need your four. And they make you watch this like and all this gay music and stuff. It's just like, yay! This is stupid. I don't well, another care. Another thing I don't like whenever we get somebody's going to fart on your game and sell it at GameStop. It's like who cares? <laughs> whenever we get a new game, instead of showing us an actual game footage of a trailer, now we have to watch like a cinematic, like it's some kind of movie. It's and fucking we, stupid. We it does not make me want to play it. It makes me want to throw it like a goddamn frisbee. It's not even that. It's like I want to. If I'm going to buy a game, I want to see the game in action. I don't care what your cinematic graphics look like. It's fucking dumb. I, I want to see what it looks it. like when I play it, not when I'm paused. It's like you know what that does. A cinematic trailer or cinematic scenes during a game. It's like oh, I get to go get up and take a piss now while this is playing. Um, you know, if you're really looking forward to a story of a game and you watch cinematics, it's different, but. If you're trying to sell a game to me, you know, just showing me a bunch of cinematics and not gameplay, I'm not going to buy the game. I'm going to probably rent it or just not even not even play it at all. It's not worth it. Um, like the new Friday the 13th game, have they showed me any cinematics? No, they've just showed me nothing but gameplay, and that makes me want to buy it. So uh, whenever the fuck that decides to come out. But yeah, the... Um, I don't know, man. This stuff like this movie and the effects in it, you know, that makes you appreciate the old ways, and it's never going to be this way again, you know. Um, and some some directors and the way they make films are, um, you know, they like doing it this way, and they will do it more practically um, with effects. But uh, for the most part, they're going to go the cheaper route because horror movies generally don't make any money, and you know, especially now, and. Uh, 
that's why a lot of people aren't out just making slasher films, shit like that. It's just not in anymore. But I don't think paranormal movies are really in anymore either. I think at this point, from just by talking to moviegoers, people just go see anything nowadays. Like, oh, have you seen this movie? No, I went and saw that. So I think if people started popping horror movies back out again, like slasher stuff, people would go see it just because it's a fucking movie out, you know. If you're going to go pay to see that Fate of the Furious crap, you know, go see a fucking horror movie, you know. But that's that's the problem is this entire country loves that franchise. I meet more and more people and I'm like, I honestly would rather be decapitated than watch that fucking, any of those films. I think they're nothing but wigger trash. It's all it is. It's just wigger, white trash, garbage is all it is that watch that stuff. You need to just stick a fucking gun to your head. <laughs> well, the it's, other, it's ruined the other going thing to is, the theater. You know, yeah, comic book movies, Marvel movies and stuff are great. But it gets kind of old after a while, you know? Like, I'm already kind of burned out on... You know, I saw Logan. That's the best probably Marvel movie I'm going to see for the rest of the year. You know, Guardians will be fun. Um, Spider-Man will be pretty cool, maybe. Hopefully, it hasn't happened yet in one of those fucking films. So this one looks cool. Hopefully, it is. Um, but you can you can depend on those films to be good. There's never really a shitty one. Not with Marvel. Like no. Or, or DC so far. <coughs> with the new wave of DC stuff, it hasn't sucked so I mean you can't you can always depend on those for a nice horror movie you never know what to expect from it so it's nice to just see stuff like that uh, I know there's one called The Void that looks really nasty I'm gonna go see that looks more like an alien kind of film like looks kind of like a testament to the thing but it's not it's more it takes place more in a modern society and not you know in like some kind of outpost in the middle of fucking Siberia or wherever the hell they are. Um, you know, or Sweden, I guess, is where that is, in that film. Um, so, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it would be nice to see a more a higher resurgence of horror films to come out besides Annabelle 5 and uh, Conjuring 6 and The Nun. Right. A Conjuring story and, you know... <laughs> Uh, you can always depend yes. on the Marvel stuff or the DC stuff, whatever, the comic book movies. Um, but I think there comes a point in time where people want something different or at least a different vibe to what they're already watching. You know, you can go see Power Rangers or a fucking... It's always some big... <coughs> they don't save them for the summer anymore. Big blockbuster fucking movies are like every other week. It's always like something... With explosions and a bunch of fucking teenagers saving the world from something. And something that is part of our childhood. I actually have lost respect for Kurt Russell and Jason Statham for being in those pieces of shit. I didn't know that. I didn't know. I I didn't think either one of those guys were broke. I guess they are. I don't know. My film's already over. Yeah, that's it. It's quick. That's it. It's 93 minutes. This was the UK cut. It is definitely the UK cut. Tell there's a lot left out of it. I don't know. What'd you think? <laughs> that no, you know what? That's the same cut I've always seen of this. Weird. I don't know what you. What'd you cut. think? <laughs> Next up on what'd you think? <laughs> well, um, I don't know. The film goes by. You look up and it's fucking gone. Um, it's a good movie. It is for what for, it is. For, a PG, for what it is, three D. It's pretty good. The three D effects. Great. The three D effects are really cool. Um, you know, the part with the fucking swordfish almost decapitated, you know, uh, 
impaling uh, Tony Roberts' face and, you know, goes right by him and the, the little frisbee scene and stuff like His that. His name is Tony Cockburst. <laughs> the, you know, there's a lot of cool uh, 3D effects. I wish I could have seen this in 3D. It would be pretty nice. Um, is there a... You can set this up to actually watch this in 3D? No, what happens is when you put this, this disc, it's like a... It's a dual layer on the Blu-ray disc. When okay, you, when so you put it in, it just picks it up. 3D. Correct. Same. <coughs> also noted is the Predator 3D. It'll play in a regular Blu-ray player, but if, <coughs> if you've got the 3D, it'll... I don't know how that works. Yeah, dual layer. That makes sense. From the mind of Minolta. I don't know, but it's... Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, you see this... Tootie's really like this. He's sound asleep. <laughs> burning hunk of shit pile right here. Um but it's that hole that was in the house in the yeah. last one. I don't know. I like it. it. I don't expect a lot. For me to like a campy movie, it doesn't take a whole lot of bells and whistles to make me. No, this is just cool. So. I like the fraud aspect to it. <coughs> it's, a, it's a play on the Warrens with how they were fraud and, you know, the whole um, thing with that. I think it was. <coughs> you know, so they, they played on the real aspects of this. Um, the actual. <coughs> Actual Amityville story. And, Dino De Laurentiis, uh, I didn't know that. Yep. Had his hands in this one. Did the last one, too. Um, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a good movie. It's definitely worth picking up. You guys see the uh, box set from Scream Factory of the Amityvilles. They're all worth buying and watching. Um, two being the meat of the order. But, I mean, they're fun films. All of them are. They're great. Um, they really are. I like all It's a great story. The menu's really They're scary, cool. too. Yeah, I mean, if I was watching any of this stuff, I'm gonna say this one probably being the least. But the first this two, one would have been a lot more enjoyable had we had the audio on to just watch it um, and pay more attention to the 3D effects when they came around. I think in 3D, this is amazing. Um, the effects are really nice, and uh, the print looks great. You didn't even mention the print, but it, it looks really good for the most part. And like the doctor said earlier, you can tell when they're it was used specifically for 3D in a lot of the shots. Um, but it looks really good, and. Uh, yeah, they got the, the whole fly swarm again, which is really nasty. I didn't even see that when we were doing this. Me neither. We must have been off on a tangent. Anyway, <laughs> so there you go, Amityville 3. And it's honestly an ensemble cast of young actors that, you know, and old alike. I never even saw that bitch come out of that goo, did you? I saw that part. I didn't see it. She, that was when Tony Roberts was looking down in that pit. She saw, like, a drowning girl, and then she was like... <laughs> but, uh... Anyway, we got Henry Sattler from God Dethroned on the show for you guys up next. And you can pick up The World of Blaze uh, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. Cheers to that. Uh, Metal Blade Records. And, uh, yeah. They have lots of... Uh, and if, if you live in Woo! Europe, if you're listening to this, there's lots of packages you can get. There's nothing... Oh, well, there's in America, a ton of them. But there's a ton of them in, in Europe. Yeah, you know, T-shirts, uh, LP vinyls... Uh, Stuff of that matter, so there's a lot of cool stuff packaged with that. So definitely go go type that into Google, whatever you got to do, Facebook. <coughs> Get it from the Metal Blade. You yeah, uh, Metal Blade website, you know, and uh, pick up your pre-order today. <coughs> Not a lot of time left, guys. Comes out May 5th on Metal Blade Records, so be sure to pick that up. And uh, we will now bring in the interview with Henry. We had a lot of fun, very insightful interview. Go from the band start to finish uh, as much as we could in the time we had to get the history of the band and talk about um, all that fun stuff. So, yeah. Um, 
to thank you guys for listening and uh, go support God Dethroned. Give them a like on Facebook, etc., etc. Pick up The World Ablaze, May 5th, Metal Blade Records. And from us and the Doctor, stay fucking gory. Christ, Dr. Vincent West here with Henry, a fucking god dethroned. Henry, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. And uh, May 5th on Metal Blade Records, you can get The World Ablaze, the first album in a while. Talk about uh, that briefly for a little bit. We'll get back to the full thing in a second, but uh, briefly talk about your, your new record. Yep. Yeah, it's been the first album in seven years. Uh... So it's been a while, but uh, I think it turned out pretty nice. So, um, yeah, what can I say? <laughs> uh, it's a typical God Throne album, I would say. You know, it's got all the elements that you would expect from us. And uh, again, it's uh, it's a different one than the last one because we never do the same album twice. Right. It's a very dynamic album. It's got lots of stuff that's, you know fast and brutal but also a lot of stuff that's uh, like more mid-tempo right. based and uh, you know great stuff for live shows because our last one in the design of the Iron Cross was uh, fast and aggressive all the time right. which makes it a bit more difficult to uh, absorb when you're when you're playing live you know as for the audience it's a sure. bit more boring <laughs> yeah because you can only break your neck once you know so uh, true <laughs> So, so we did an album that's a lot more dynamic, and uh, yeah, the response so far, so far is really good, and uh, it's been produced by Dan Svano, he did uh, all the Halo Bullets albums, he right. did the Asphyx albums, he's actually doing a lot of stuff, and right, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, great production, I would say. Which the new Asphyx is very good, we had the, we talked to uh, Martin not too long ago, so that was fun. Uh-huh. Um, See, so yeah, I really, really enjoyed Incoming Death. That was pretty cool. Yeah, um, they're great friends, uh, friends of mine. So, uh, yeah, I meet them quite a lot, and they're great people. Great band, anyways. Oh yeah. Now, have you worked with uh, Dan before? No, this was the first time for us. Awesome. And uh, it, it was, yeah, it was really easy to work with that guy. You know, he had exactly the th- same things in mind as I did concerning the production and the balance and stuff like that. So it's always good, yeah. Yeah, there was uh, like an easy ride. He he complimented me about it afterwards. He said, "Man, this was so easy. We should do it more often." <laughs> right. So, so we will probably do that. And yeah, I didn't have to say anything. He just knew what I wanted, and uh, he had the same vision. And yeah, it was an easy job. And where did you guys record that new record? Um, we recorded the drums in Amsterdam. In Split Second uh, Studios, uh, you probably never heard about it, but uh, <laughs> it's it's owned by the guys from Textures. Okay. You know that band? Yes, I do. And then, okay, and they own that studio, and, uh, and 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 the rest was actually recorded in my house. Oh, wow. I have a big house, and it's suitable for a studio, 
and I never did that before. Well, we, we recorded demos and stuff at my place, but never a whole album. And we just rebuilt my house to a, to a studio. Nice. One of my friends owns a studio, so he helped me with it. And uh, so we did everything at my place at our time, you know, not like uh, the, the engineer saying at 10 o'clock in the morning, okay, we have to get started, because I really didn't feel like working like that anymore. So when you're recording at home, you can just start whenever you want, you can finish whenever you want. And uh, yeah, I think it sounds great. And you know, uh, yeah, I think the feeling is great, the sound is good, so... We have to do that more often too. Sure, and yeah, we're definitely looking forward to that. Um, yeah. And then I know you guys got a a German release party coming up for that to do to promote the the new record. Yeah, uh, we have two German release shows uh, in the the on the release day itself and the day after, and then a week later we play a show in Belgium and two Dutch release shows. So we have five in a row. And, uh, yeah, it's the first time we play so many release shows, but... Right. Yeah, there was a big demand for it, so we thought, okay, let's do it. It's fun. Awesome. Then you guys did, uh, in 2015, you played the 70,000 Tons of Metal. Have you guys played that one before, 2015? Yeah, we uh, we finished uh, there in 2012. Oh, yeah, the, the yeah. farewell thing, yeah. Yeah, then we went into the three-year break, and then uh, when I decided to, to play again, I thought it would be a great idea to start there where we finished. And they said, yeah, no problem, you're welcome. So that's where we started again. And right. It was great, because we, we played on the Thursday, on the first day, we were the first band on the big stage. Right. And when we entered the stage, the crowd was cheering towards us as if Iron Maiden came on stage. So that was <laughs> really cool. oh, that's got to be awesome, yeah. Yeah, that was super. Even though they're all, you know, half-naked guys in bathing suits, still pretty awesome, you know. Yeah, but <laughs> you can also shirts. you can just look at the girls and, and skip looking at them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good one, too, you know. Oh. I have a question for you. Have you guys ever, uh, have you all toured in the U.S. before? Yeah, we, we've done four U.S. tours so far. Okay. And who did you tour with when you were in the U.S.? Um, we toured with Cannibal Corpse. Awesome. And we toured uh, with uh, Overkill. Oh, that's cool! Awesome. And and, and, and Vader and uh, some other bands. And uh, we did. Uh, there was one festival tour. I don't remember the name. It was 2005. And there were some bands dropping out, and all of a sudden we were the headlining band. That was kind of strange. Oh wow! <laughs> and uh, but that was a it was a great tour too. And then we did another tour. So yeah, four in total. And uh, yeah. The U.S., to me, is great. I mean, maybe to you there's many things wrong in your country, but for <laughs> right. us as musicians, it's really great to tour the U.S. Oh, we love to, we love to have the uh, get visited by real metal bands because there's so much shit from America that, <laughs> you know, it's it's more of a cult thing over here, so it's exciting for us when we get stuff that's uh, good. Yeah. Um, I can imagine. I mean, for us in Europe, it's like uh, many people are looking forward to see U.S. bands. Because that's more special to us, right? And I, I, I guess it's the other way around when you when the well, band goes to the states. Yeah, I mean, especially metal stuff because the with that all that deathcore dog shit and the <laughs> you know the the mall metal top crap that we have that comes out over here. I I'm always excited when a band like God Dethroned or someone gets to come over and we actually get to see some, like 
we just went and saw Creator recently. It was really exciting for us. I mean, the rest of the bill, you know, I just don't give a shit about. But, you know, <laughs> to have Creator come over here and play was really cool. Get to see him headline. And same if you, yeah. you guys got to come over. And hopefully you guys will get to come over again. So, Yeah, well, we've been talking about it. Um, but, you know, we need a good package. I mean, I don't know about the States, but in Europe, in Europe right now, if, if you don't have a strong package, nobody will show up on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Right, right. So it's the same it here. It doesn't make sense to, to go on tour then, you know. Then it's better to just play weekend shows and do festivals. Right, yeah. Because we have a ton of festivals in Europe. And you play for always like a, a pretty big crowd. Even the smaller festivals have like three to 5,000 people. Oh, yeah. Which is still better than, than going on tour and have nothing to do half the week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I, I always was curious if it was like that. I know over here we had had uh, Marco on from Our Repentance, and he was saying that, you know, if they can't get on a good package, there's really no point in coming. You know. Yeah, I think many bands say the same nowadays. I mean, uh, it just doesn't make sense anymore. There's too many releases, too many tours, so the fans don't have the money to go to all the shows. Right. But if the package is strong enough, then it doesn't matter anymore. Then all of a sudden. It will be good, right? It's all about so, value too. You know, you're seeing, you know, yeah. um, versus just going to see one band. You're seeing, you know, a couple bands or three bands out of five that you want to see. You know, adds yeah. more to your buck for doing that. But you know, of course, if God the Throne came, no matter if you guys were opening or what, we'd we'd, we'd oh, come yeah, see definitely. You. We we that's our big thing is we'll go support just one band. Like we went recently to see Immolation. I mean, the rest of the bill was shit. And we just wanted to see Immolation, you know, and they were like a support band. And, you know, it's it's frustrating for doing the interviews and just but us just getting to enjoy a good live show. You know, a lot of the times the rest of the bill for for in America anyway is shit. And, you know, there's usually at least one band on the bill that we go end up spending the money so we can go see and hang out with them or whatever. But yeah, I guess when it's special enough, then, then you can do that. But uh, will you do that every week? Just we we do, you know what? Actually, it's funny that you asked that. In May, I'm going to be gone every, just about every day in the month. Oh. And literally for for general like like destruction, the rest of that bill is shit. But I want to go see destruction, so we're going to go to that, and you know, just any yeah. anything that we can go to to you know, and any I, I try to be open minded with stuff. But when you you know, like we have this, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, that summer slaughter tour package, and it's just kind of a. It's just a, most of it's shit, and they'll put like two good bands in there, and then the rest of it's just a, kind of a mess. Yeah. But you know, it's it's, it's more for the younger guys and we're older. So yeah. So it's you know I, I can't <laughs> do the deathcore stuff, and they try to throw the deathcore stuff with the death metal stuff, and I just don't, I just can't do it. <laughs> okay. But but is the is the crowd in general is it still good in the U.S.? You know, yeah, it's it's, it's funny that you said that. I can actually give you a good example. Um, we had went to see Napalm Death. And everybody left after Black Dahlia murder because it was a bunch of kids. So it's like maybe 50 of us standing in there watching Napalm Death. And I'm like, why the hell are you not watching Napalm Death? So, so yeah, it, it very much is. I think you have people, it depends people show up to, to see one band and then you've got the other crowd that's there to see the other band. It's very, it's really weird. Yeah. I don't know if it's like that in Europe or not, if they're kind of a snobby crowd. A mixed crowd where they don't just watch everything. I mean, I don't know. No, over here it's more like uh, people skip the first three bands or something. Right. <laughs> they, know, they just you know, show up later. Night when you have like five bands playing a show, then people will, will go to the show like when band three or band four is playing. Right. Five, you know? Right. So I, I think 
we should go back to the old days where you have like two bands on tour. Yeah. You go and go and see the show. Two bands is great. You, you feel good, you know. When I see five bands, I'm drunk and deaf. <laughs> you know, and then right. probably there's like three of them I didn't like <laughs> or something. So sure. Yeah, usually when, when we do like album release shows, we do like just one support band, and it doesn't matter. It's it's like basically sold out sold out shows anyway. Yeah. Right. So which is awesome. We don't yeah. really need it, but you know, usually the promoter is always scared and thinks like, okay, we need more bands, otherwise we don't sell out the the, the venue. Yeah, and they think variety, you know, brings in all kinds of people, but you know. It kind of hurts yeah, the general audience of what you're going for if you're just throwing on stuff to get certain kinds of people. Yeah, th- those those people should pay attention because they should see that nobody's showing up early at night. Right. So what's the point in having so many bands in just one backstage room and then cramping 40 people <coughs> there, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we agree That's with bullshit. you. It's, it is. <laughs> and it's... it's I agree with you down to the two band thing because, like, we're... like well, you can see two bands play full sets. You get, like, five bands, they play 15 to... 20 minutes yeah. I mean what yeah. what is that it's like 4 or 5 songs I mean I don't know I, I yeah, want to see a band play a good bit longer you know? than, than, the, than, than the set they're playing right and I get you and know then, I get really into bands when I see them live you know usually we travel out of town to go to go you know a few hours to go to these shows and you know yeah. if my band I want to see is a support band because there's like five, you know 4 other bands on there that you know divide the time by 20 minutes it's like I don't know um, it's just important to me. I think it's a good idea, actually, to do the two, you know, the two band thing. But I don't know what the way, um, you know, the economies are now and the way traveling well, is you know, now. And there's there's one other aspect you should never forget because the the bigger bands they need all the support bands to pay. Yeah, that's Especially true. Especially when you go on tour with them, it's true. You know, like the support bands, they they pay for the bus, mm-hmm. and that's why they need so many support acts because they. Maybe they can't make enough money on the show itself, so sure. they need support acts to pay for all the costs. It's like a second guarantee, basically, besides the venues. Yeah. I guess. Well, it's it's weird. Like when when we went and saw the last thing we went and saw was Creator. I couldn't believe Obituary and Creator were sharing a bus. Like I'd never, I wouldn't imagine that, but they were. Yeah. Okay. You know, normally well, you would think each of them would have their own bus or their own rod or whatever, but I, I don't know. So. Yeah, but I guess it saves a shitload of money if you if you share a bus. Sure. <laughs> if you know each other and you get along really well, then it's no problem. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's, that's good savings there, and then they can do the tour easier or whatever. But I, um, when you toured with Cannibal over here, um, what year was that? Oh, that's a long time ago. That was in 2000. Oh, wow. So that's like they were touring, like, what was that, like Bloodthirst? Is that Bloodthirst? I think so. Um... Two thousand two was uh, Gore Obsess, I want to say. I think it's it would have been Bloodthirst. I think. Is that Bloodthirst or the album before that? That's amazing. I, I, I'm pretty sure I saw that tour. Now whether I saw you, if you guys played Atlanta, then I saw you guys. Yeah, it was Bloodthirst. Yeah, we yeah we played Atlanta. Yeah. If you played Masquerade, yeah, then I saw you guys. Then that's the only time that I got to see you guys because I was trying yeah. to because I grew up there and I'm trying to sit and look at what year that would have been so yeah so that was the yeah. only time I got to see you guys the other bands on the bill were Hate Eternal and yep and Diabolic I was there oh yep. man I do remember okay. that yeah oh, actually the, that venue is actually gone now ah it was a big place yeah they actually they it's still around they're just in a different location but uh, if you come back over and end up playing Masquerade it's 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 not in the same spot it's kind of sad because 
That but, venue, I saw so many shows in there growing up. It's been there since the 1800s. I mean, it's old textile mill haunted yeah. venue. That's why so many people like to play there. So you guys were uh, playing uh, touring Passchendaele then? No, no, no. No, that's way before Passchendaele. We, we were touring for Bloody Blasphemy. Oh, uh, I'm thinking, why am I thinking 2009? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, Bloody Blasphemy. That's amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's a long time ago, man. Getting old. <laughs> Tell me about it. It's it's not. It's just like ugh. And you haven't lost it. Now this. Um, I don't know if there's a fan thing. Or this is what you guys actually collaborate and done. There's a actual World War One trilogy, and that's what yeah. this new record is is uh, finalizing for the lyrical yeah. content. So uh, yeah. talk a little bit about that. Well, um, people always want to know why I started doing this because World War One is pretty much unknown. I, mean, I love I love the World War One World War Two shit. So I mean that's always interested me. So yeah, but most bands uh, their lyrics deal with World War Two because sure. it's easier easier for them. Oh yeah. But but one of our former guitar players he lived in Hyper in Belgium. And oh, Hyper wow. was one of the cities on the forefront of the war. Mm-hmm. So when you go there, you see all the war memorial signs. You see the war graves. Every weekend, the whole city is full of English people who visit the graves of their relatives wow so and I went there a lot because you know Isaac De La Haye was a guitar player back then he was a right. good friend of mine so I would go there like almost every weekend and I thought like what the fuck are all these people doing here <laughs> so then right. I found out why they were there and it was like totally interesting me so I started digging into its history yeah and I, I thought okay there's not not that many bands who, who have songs about World War One, let alone a whole concept album about World War One. Yeah. So that's what we did, and the the response on that album was so good that I thought, okay, let's do another one. So then we did under the sign of the Iron Cross. The album's nasty. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, love that. And show. then I thought, okay, let's make it a trilogy because that makes sense, right? Right. Yeah. And then uh, okay, then <coughs> three years, but it was the only logical thing to do to just finish the trilogy. Sure. And uh, yeah, that's basically what we did. I found some new topics, and. Uh, it was actually quite hard to write another album about World War One. Sure, I wrote about twenty to twenty-five songs about that album, and uh, I was actually happy. I, I finished the last lyrics you know, because it was getting kind of hard. Right, but you know, I think it turned out quite well. And what do you gain the inspiration from this time around that you didn't last time? Um. Well, I saw a documentary about uh, the Russian Tsar. You know, uh, Russia still had a Tsar during World War One. Right, and he got and assassinated or whatever. Yeah, he got assassinated. So, actually, it's the time that communists took over in Russia. Right. So, I wrote a song about that. Awesome. Um, there's um, the biggest man-made explosion before the Trinity bomb in Nevada in mm. World War Two biggest man-made explosion was happening around Ivor in Belgium during World War One. Right. You have to imagine that they blew up a hill and uh, <laughs> in, even in London they could feel the blast and London is like, I don't know, really far away from there. Yeah. So, <coughs> something special, you know, it, was, oh, yeah. it never happened before. So, you know, that, that, those topics, I used those topics to write sure. songs about this time. Awesome. Yeah, because yeah. compared to World War Two, I mean, sure there was, you know, ten times the amount, you know, triple the amount of deaths or whatever. But when you think about 
World War One, it's it's a lot more brutal in the content of it, as far yeah. as being you know being a death metal band and trying to write something about war because you had the trench warfare and the you know the mustard gas and all that crazy stuff going on. I mean, it was very um, it was very brutal yeah. war, and it's known it for was, that. You know, yeah, so. it was a really sick war, especially with all the the, the mustard gas and stuff yeah. like that, and being stuck in a trench for four years. Yeah, it's eat, eating alive by rats and, and swimming <laughs> in mud all day long. I yeah, mean, it's, it's a death metal war for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and we're doing uh, three videos for the new album. Oh wow! Okay. We're just uh, finishing the last one right now. We're we're doing the final edits in the in the video, and it will be released by Metal Blade next week, Tuesday. Awesome! awesome. Well, you heard it on here, the guys. Of April. Be on the lookout for that New God Dethroned. Yeah, it's, uh, it's for the song on the wrong side of the wire. That sounds and, pretty awesome uh, already. Yeah, we, we we put a lot of World War One footage in it as well, so it's um, it fits very well to the concept, of course. Awesome. And and then I think a week and a half later we'll have the second video, and then by the end of April we will be uh, released the third one. Wow, awesome! A week before the album will be released. You're getting so, them right out there. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've been away for seven years, so we thought, like, okay, what can we do to, to get some attention back? That, that'll I do mean, it. Not, not that we can complain. I mean, if, if you look at the amount of people that come to our shows nowadays, it's really good. But still, you know, it's, um, we want the people in the U.S. to know about it, too. And there's so many bands and releases nowadays, we thought if we do, like, three videos in the month before the album release, then it's pretty hard not to not to know about it. Oh yeah, I agree with that. I, uh, Creator did that, and that actually got me really excited for the new record. So uh, they pump stuff out pretty quick. So I think a lot of bands are doing that now, and it, it's really working. It's a better way to get people immersed in the record before it even comes out. You know, um, I mean, we can't do it like Metallica did, like doing the whole album in <laughs> yeah. one day. Yeah, you know, but that didn't really but save I the think record. Doing three is, is not bad either. Right? Yeah, I I think that's perfect. You know. And you do it. You do it pretty consistently, and uh, that'll get the hype going. And I think people yeah. will be ready for it. And we'll definitely uh, promote the shit out of that as well. Yeah, so, we'll have uh, those on our page for you. Okay, cool. Yeah, of course. Um, and do you mind? I know we're kind of backtracking here, and hopefully we can do this real quick. Do you mind just kind of a brief history of how God to Throne came about? Yeah, well, it's uh, a long time ago. We founded in 1990. Um, you know, I was inspired by bands like Entombed and Dismember and Morbid Angel. Okay. Ball Thrower. And uh, so we did a demo in 91, our first album in 92. And then we also had a break for two years, and then we signed to Metal Blade. They did uh, the Grand Grimoire album in 96, 97 in the U.S. And then... Um, yeah, that, that, that's when everything went big, because uh, they put us on big tours, especially in Europe, like, uh, I don't know if, if you heard about it, the No Mercy festivals? I think so, like, yeah. It was, was it like the first festival tour in Europe? I think I remember like, seeing Metal that, bands yeah. only. You know, we toured with Cannibal Corpse, Obituary, Marduk, Immortal, uh, Angel Corpse and us. It was six bands on wow. one tour. That was something that, would, that never happened before. That's awesome. It's a hell of a so lineup, we were too. part of that. Yeah. It was really good. Then we did a Bloody Blasphemy album, and then we did our first U.S. tour with Cannibal Corpse. We played Japan for the first time. Awesome. We did a lot of uh, European tours. We did like 
the big festivals like Wacken and uh, Dynamo Festival and stuff like that. Oh yeah, the open air stuff. Yeah, really the big open airs of, the, of that day. And uh, yeah, well, and then we did um, the Ravenous album. We had Tony Laureano on drums who played for Nile. Awesome. And um, well, actually, since since then it's been touring and recording and touring and recording and touring right. until now so and yeah like I said before now we have to have the right package otherwise it's better to just do weekend shows and festivals it's because, understandable uh, you know it makes more sense definitely definitely did you and just real quick if you want to talk about what what it, uh, the hiatus between now and the new record I'm sorry uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, why you uh, went on hiatus with uh, God to Throne and then... Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I needed some time for myself. Uh, I had uh, I had a few issues to deal with. And, uh, you know, I guess I was fed up with the whole touring, recording thing. Uh-huh. And uh, so at that time, I wasn't sure if I needed a break or if I just wanted to quit. And uh, I knew if I would just take a break then people would keep on bugging me about new tours and new albums and shit. Right, right that's understandable. <laughs> right, absolutely. Yeah, so I decided to quit. And then, then the guy who signed us in Europe for Metal Blade, he died. Oh, my God. Um, he, he, he moved away from Metal Blade in the meantime. He went to the Summer Breeze Festival and made that really big. Uh-huh. He, was a, he was a good friend. And then he died of a brain tumor. Jeez, that's awful. And then I went to his funeral, and there, that's where I met the guys of Amon Amarth again. Uh, you know the guys from Nuclear Blast and Metal Blade and all, many other bands and stuff. And, and that day, I realized how much I missed it. You know, I really missed seeing all those people. And I thought, like, fucking hell, I just have to get my band back together and get right. out on the road again. That's weird. So that's how what those... I did. It's exciting. It's exciting uh, to to have you back. I think it's really cool, and that's. I think that's inspiring, honestly, right there, just to. To, you know, to get you back where you were uh, ready to come back and and uh, and deliver your uh, material again, I think it's awesome. Yeah, it is. I mean, I was surprised myself. You know, I really thought at that time, okay, this is it for me. I, I had enough. And that day, when I saw all those people again, I was like, "Fucking hell! These are this is my family. You know, this is right. the people I I hang out with. These are the bands I tour with." I, I just want to go on again, and I, I've, I've never regretted it for a single moment. I mean, it's been awesome ever since. I just needed a break, that was all, and I didn't know that at the time. Right. Well, that's understandable. I mean, you, and you know, when you have the new record out, and you'll be back out there again, and I, I think that, hell, that's, in, that's inspiring to me. That's I, very powerful, man. It we, is. That's, we, we thank you also as fans for, you know... Um, well, I thank you. Definitely coming back and, and, and delivering a new record, especially after that, you know, being kind yeah. of inspired yourself. So I think this record um, would mean a lot. I, I know it means a lot to you to put it out, and it means a lot to us that you were able to do so. So we, we thank you. Yeah, I think well, that's awesome. And I thank you because uh, I, we need guys like you and, and all our fans just to be able to go on. I mean, right. You know, the, the biggest fear I have right now is that nobody's interested in the band anymore. Well, I think this yeah. is a, a pretty good age uh, with what's going on. You know, us as U.S. fans, too, what, what's going on in our country right now, what's going on all over the world. Death metal is a very important genre of music. Uh, people are pissed off and aggressive, and they need something to, to relate to and 
whether it's about war or not, I mean, you know, uh, I think this is a pretty good time to have an album or have a new God Dethroned record come out. It's just, I think it's perfect timing. Yeah, well, I hope so. And I mean, (laughs) I, I can't complain because what I've seen at the shows here in Europe, there's been a lot of people, nobody has, has forgotten about us so far. I just hope that a new album will also be picked up. Oh, yeah. You know, because you hear about declining album sales everywhere, so oh, I yeah. have no idea what to expect. Well, luckily, we, we still buy physical media, so we'll be picking that up for sure. Yeah, we don't do digital. We still buy the CDs and the vinyl and stuff. So I like having yeah. the artwork and the lyrics you know, at my disposal, so I don't have to look anything up. I can just grab it yeah. when I want to hear it, you know. Yeah, same here, and I think the metal scene is is, is a it's, it's very typical. It's a typical scene for having the physical products, still, sure. you know, compared to other types of music. So that's that's good, and also vinyl has, has come back again, like yeah, quite quite big again, you know, definitely. And even cassettes too, which is weird. Cassettes are coming back because I have a cassette player because my car is old, so I have a cassette player, and I'm just going to leave it a cassette player, <laughs> just buy cassettes, yeah. you know. Try and find all I st- stuff. I still have a lot of cassettes at home. I still have hundreds of cassettes. It's still awesome. From 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 the early nineties, I still have them. They all still function. It's awesome. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, it's cool to have stuff like that. Um, another thing we do on our podcast, uh, we're into horror movies. Uh, are you a horror fan at all? A little bit. Uh, what was maybe the first horror film you saw that you really dug when you were a kid? Uh. I remember the movie. I don't remember the name. It's stupid because it's a really, really well-known uh, movie. You, we can probably uh, tell you what it is. Or you tell us what happens in it. Yeah, it's it's the um, it's the people who end up in a shed in the woods and then uh, they kill each other with a chainsaw and everybody who goes to sleep turns into a monster. That sounds fucking crazy. I don't know if I've seen that. And there's been <laughs> sequels of it and they were all shit, but the first one was excellent. <laughs> Uh, not Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No, no, no. I, I've got that one too. It's also a great movie. But I meant another one. It's a really well-known one. It's one of the really old ones. Hmm. And I don't remember. It's not I'm Last House on the Left. I don't remember, man. Huh. Well, maybe maybe something else that you see. So you like Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I love that. The original one. I think that movie's amazing. Yeah, it is. Uh, are you an Evil Dead fan at all? Uh, yeah. yeah. Isn't that the one with the chainsaw and the people falling? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, it's yeah. Evil Dead. Evil Dead Two. It would be then with the chainsaw. No, I think. No, I think it was Evil Dead. I think it must have been Evil Dead. The first Evil Dead. Were there yeah, in the, the first uh, one? The first one. Yeah. Here's your fun. St- <laughs> here's your fun story about Evil Dead, uh, where Corey and I used to live. About an hour and a half away is where they actually shot the film. Oh yeah, yeah, because they, they actually shot it in Tennessee. In, okay. In the uh, cabin, which is now uh, it got vandalized and it's all overgrown, because you can still kind of get to where the cabin is, but all that's left is like the chimney because people kind of, uh, you know. All right. But that kind so of it sucks. Wasn't, it wasn't like a movie set. It was like an actual. Ca- yes, uh, you yeah, shot it low budget out in the middle of a little hick town, about an hour and a half from where my parents live. <laughs> okay. In Tennessee, it's just really weird, but uh, yeah, it's oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, do you, do you like uh, do you have you watched any newer horror stuff, or do you do you prefer watching older stuff like we do? Or um, I mean, 
I, I watch a little bit of everything. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of a certain genre, to be honest. Just certain, just whatever you like. Yeah, whatever, whatever comes along, I guess. Cool. It's usually my girlfriend who knows about all the movies. <laughs> That's cool. And then she says, we have to watch this one. And then she always pretends she hasn't seen it, but she's seen everything. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I, I used to be that way, too. Like, no, I totally haven't seen this before. That's funny. <laughs> used to get yeah, them enticed uh, the whole thing. But I, I like movies in general. But I, I'm, not, I'm not like a, a fan of only like horror movies or action movies. I like everything. Cool. Oh, yeah, we love, you know, cheesy 80s comedies and horror movies. I mean, whatever is good is good, you know. Um, yeah. But horror... Make- at least for us, with this is primarily what we cover. So, uh, what um, do you have any like war movies you really like that help you write and stuff like that? Do you are you into the war stuff? Yeah, I, I watch the war movies, but they are never. You know, they usually, especially the World War One war movies. Right. They're always like love stories. You know, they always talk yeah. about a man and a woman, and they hook up and. And then the war is a little bit around that, you know. Yeah. There's a can, can, there's, there's a Canadian movie called Passchendaele. I don't know if you've seen it. I've seen Passchendaele. Yeah. So it's it's a good movie, but it's not like a real war movie. Right. You know, and some people think it's a shit movie because of all the love stories <laughs> there. But you know, it, I, in a way, it makes sense, I guess. You know, there's probably some humanity time, to it. You know, like World War One and stuff. And then uh, there's some good movies about uh, about the Red Baron. Yeah. And uh, they are pretty cool. I guess my favorite... Think, w- I'm trying to think, what is the name? Do you like The Great Escape with Steve McQueen? Uh, I've probably seen it. James you Garner, Char- uh, Charles Bronson, it's got like a hell of a cast. It's like... Yeah. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I've seen it, but I'm really bad with names and stuff. Right. So it's I'm real long. That movie's like three and a half hours long. It's epic. I love it. And then, of course, at the end of it, Steve McQueen's on the motorcycle getting out of there. It's pretty awesome. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, there's a ton of good movies. And I've probably seen all of them, but when <laughs> somebody asked me about the title, I'm always like, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> if you want a good one, this isn't a war movie, but it relates to it. It's an 80s like slasher movie. You watch The Prowler, because it's a World War II veteran guy gets revenge on his ex-girlfriend and her boyfriend so that's a pretty good one a little okay. little war tied to it you know it's an 80s yeah, he's even dressed in the in the fatigues while he's killing yeah so it's pretty cool you know okay almost like zombified something that's cool yeah, yeah, it's nice. definitely good yeah old school 80s gore stuff so that'd be if you're interested oh. in that definitely check it out okay the prowler the prowler yep Okay. 81. I'll remember. And if you've never 81. seen it, if you want mm-hmm. something, which I think kind of goes along with kind of what you do, the uh, my favorite zombie film, this movie called Zombie Lake, and mm-hmm. uh, it's really cool because the, all the Nazis, it's like these dead Nazi zombies that are in it. It's really cool. That's a pretty new one, isn't it? Actually, it's from, 19, it's from 1980. Oh, that's... Oh, okay. Then they then they did a remake of that one probably. Because I think so. Yeah, well, they did. Uh, sounds familiar. They did a uh, Dead Snow. Oh yeah. Which is um, Nazi zombies, but it's actually a, a Dutch movie, which is cool. That the whole thing's in Dutch, but it's it's like a horror comedy almost, but it's very it's oh. very gory and it's very funny, and uh, the zombies yeah. look really fucking cool. And you know they 
find like Nazi gold or treasure, and then it summons these oh. Nazi zombies, and it gets pretty pretty insane near the end of oh. it. So <laughs> very bloody. Oh. So that's something to check out if you haven't yet. So it's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Cool, man. But uh, anything else you would like to plug before we let you go? Um, uh, well, you know what I always say: people should check out a new album. You know, I guess when you're a fan, this album should be good. Good, and if you're not a fan, then hopefully it's good enough. <laughs> right. And um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and hopefully we'll come over to the U.S. this year. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Um, the booking agent has, has contacted me about it already. Awesome. And we have to we have to go into detail about it, but we'll see what happens. But it would be great. I mean, I like touring the states a lot. You make it over, we'll buy you buy you some beer and we'll hang out. Yeah, yeah. If you uh, maybe you could uh, let us know or Metal Blade know that you want to come to a show, maybe we can put you on a guest list or something. Yeah, that yeah, would we'll be amazing, man. That would be really cool. We'd love to actually get yeah. to meet you and stuff, and and uh, appreciate you doing this. And uh, New God to Throne comes out. May 5th, which is yep. Cinco de Mayo, so it's a double party. You can yep. pick up the new God so, of the Throne and celebrate that. Yeah, definitely. Well, let me know if you're if we're coming by. You know, just uh, send us an email or contact uh, Metal Blade about it, and uh, we'll put you on the guest list, man. Sure, that'd be that'd amazing. be amazing. It really would. This is Henry from God Dethroned, and you're listening to the Phantasm Podcast. Awesome, man. Okay, hey, thank good. you for doing this. We awesome. really appreciate. Hope we didn't keep you too long. Yeah, I guess the next one is already waiting for me, the next interview, so. <laughs> well, yeah, it's been fun, man. We've, We've had a blast. Thank you. Hopefully we'll get to see you soon. Yeah, it was a great interview, so thank you very much. No problem, man. And May 5th, The World of Blaze, New God Dethroned, comes out via Metal Blade Records. You can pick that shit up. And also, next Tuesday, you can watch uh, the first music video off the new record. So be on the lookout yeah. for that as well. On the, on the wrong side of the wire. On the wrong the side of the wire. I can't wait. It sounds brutal already. Well, thank you so much, Henry. It's been an honor speaking with you, and uh, we look forward to hopefully seeing you soon. All right, man. You're welcome, and see you around. All right, man. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Coming soon from Phantasm. Walk through this door and enter a nightmare of supernatural horror. Seven doors of death. Evil's fatal omen. Who else is here? There's nobody here. I can feel a presence. Somebody else is in here. Seven Doors of Death. Kim Hankel, author of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, calls it terrifying, unique, surreal, one of the best horror films I've ever seen. Mommy? Arthur? On a gloomy, rain-swept night, a ferocious battle is being fought between two girls and a vicious, deranged fiend on a murderous rampage. Paralyzed with fear and on the verge of hysteria, they try to escape its chillingly merciless savagery. They know it's there, behind these doors, the seven doors of death. 
These doors conceal a hideous poltergeist waiting to unleash its sinister revenge. Now look, Emily. I've lived in New York all my life. And if there's one thing I've learned not to believe in, it's ghosts. Seven doors of death. Your blood will run cold as the icy fingers of death tighten their stranglehold. I must be going crazy. Good boy. Good boy, Dickie. You made them go away. I've ever seen. Kim Henkel, author of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, filled with unrelenting excitement, a truly original haunted house thriller. Tobe Hooper, director of Poltergeist. Seven Doors of Death. It will scare the hell out of you. Rated R. They broke into the mall for the wildest all-night party of their lives. It dead meat. But you're never alone in the chopping mall. What's that? Robot life. Chopping mall. Where shopping costs you an arm and a leg.
presents Wolfen. For centuries, they have been hiding in the rubble of your cities. The concealed threat. The invisible terror. Chris! They can sense the rhythm of your blood. Hear clouds pass overhead. See where you are blind. A force so deadly, it will tear the screen from your throat. Wherever you are, they are. Somewhere in the world, every other day, a corporate executive is assassinated. Team her up with Wilson. Murphy or Mahoney, I'm comfortable with. You're uncomfortable? With surprises. There's not a trace, not a speck of metal. Nothing softer could have ripped and ravaged like this. Is it an animal? Well, it ain't human. Do you realize how many people disappear without a trace? Something out there might be eating people. say he just reeks. Buddy's a good boy, but he has what you might call basic hygiene problems. Sometimes Buddy likes to mess around. Slaughterhouse. And sometimes kids play in Buddy's slaughterhouse. And they make fun of Buddy. But Buddy likes to play with his friends. Let me go, fat boy! Don't scare the poor thing, boy. Take off that damn neck. That's better. Don't mess with his hogs. Three hundred sixty pounds of evermania. <laughs> 